Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Wow, what a morning, what a morning tiebreakers and champions indoor football and I finally did it it took me for freaking ever and I literally finished this up three minutes ago when Cuervo said hey where's the show (laughs) so I had to get up real quick and get the show on the air listen champions indoor football has been amazing this year and it's coming down to wins and losses and Three, not just one tiebreaker, not two tiebreakers, in some cases even four tiebreakers in order to figure out who's going to make the playoffs. Outstanding in Champions Indoor Football. And obviously, feeling a little bit of pride is obviously the office that I hold as the Director of Operations of Champions Indoor Football. It's been an exciting year. It's been one of those years where I go, it's something that I'm so proud of as far as a league, what we have done. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. There have been some mistakes that have been made within the league, and that is completely and utterly understandable um, as my position doesn't necessarily hold power as far as final say-sos on certain things because if there were, there would have been some different answers and different decisions made by me as far as the power that I would have held. That having been said, even the fact the ones that didn't go my way, which is part of the deal when you're dealing with the league, we still have had an outstanding season in Champions Indoor Football. I'm literally, 6 o'clock, I rolled out of bed and then went to the games and figured out, we had some magnificent games in Champions Indoor Football last night. Teams uh, clinched playoff spots. Teams clinched conferences, teams clinched playoff spots, and week 15, next week, starts the playoffs for three teams in the South. So as a whole, and it, it, as a whole, it's been outstanding. As a fan, it's been frustrating because of a certain team that's not playing well right now. But 
as a whole, as a league, in what office that I hold, it's been outstanding this season. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So let's do this. Let's go into the games that happened, uh, first of all, Friday night. There was a game Friday night that really kind of shaped what we're seeing so far to this point. And that game was Friday night as the Bloomington Edge had a rough go at it, and they lost their game to the West Michigan Ironmen 61 to 53, which put the Ironmen in a good spot for one day, hoping that the Bucks would not win their game. But the Bucks did. So the Bucks are five and six right now, and with their victory over the Salina Liberty last night, thirty to sixteen, they clinched the playoff spot. Bloomington, with the loss, put them out of contention to host a home game, so they're going to be on the road week one. They're going to be taking on Omaha. The Bismarck Bucks are taking on the Sioux City Bandits. That's the way it's set up. There's no other way. Don't even matter what happened in the North. That's the way. One, two, three, four. It's the way it's going to end up. In the South, however, it's a little bit different. And the South is amazing as far as trying to figure it out. By the way, just to let you know, Sioux City has clinched home field advantage through the uh, North Conference, meaning both games will be played in Sioux City in that conference. The way we figured it out, and we made a few assumptions, but it's not going to make a difference. The Sioux City Bandits will have home field through the conference championship. So the first game uh, in the playoffs and then the conference championship. And that's, of course, if they win week number one in the playoffs against the Bismarck Bucks then they will be taking on either Omaha or Bloomington. In the South, it's a total different discussion. One team has clinched playoffs through the whole playoffs. That is the Dodge City Law. They are 9-2, and two, and by the tiebreakers and everything, the way everything worked out, I think we figured it out. And I, I, I don't think we're wrong, but if we are wrong, I'm putting that asterisk there. But Dodge City has the um, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, meaning the championship game would be in Dodge City if, let me say that again, if they were able to win their first two games in the playoffs, the championship game would be played right there in Dodge City. But we let me tell you something. Last night will tell you a lot of things. Now, we talked about the fact that the Ironman beat the Edge at home. The Edge were at home. The Revolution needed a victory last week against the Dodge City Law. They were on the road. They dropped that game by three, 49 to 46. Did not help their positioning because if the Revolution lose, Next week at home against the Wichita Force, the Revolution are out of the playoffs. 
So the revolution, you're when you're in, but you're going to go on the road. Sioux City Bandits, they're the ones that clinched the North with a victory over the Omaha Beef last night, 61 to 55. So like we said, the North is pretty much set. Now the Wichita Force in the South took on the Cavalry, beat them 63 to 28, which put Wichita in a position where they are right there. Wichita has to win against the Texas Revolution on the road to get a playoff spot. If they lose, the Texas Revolution will get a playoff spot. So that's an interesting situation going on. Now let's add a little bit more interesting into it. The Amarillo Venom lost last night to the Duke City Gladiators, 69-46. Dropped Amarillo to 8-3 and three on the season. The Duke City Gladiators improved to 6-5. and five. Duke City wins next week against the Dodge City Law. They're in the playoffs at the number four spot. So the Gladiators have to get a win. They will be in. And then Wichita or Texas would be in the third spot. However, if the Gladiators lose that game, okay, if they lose that game, the Texas Revolution, if they beat the Wichita Force, they're in the playoffs. And so will Wichita will be in the playoffs. But if Wichita wins that game, the Dallas Marshals, actually have an opportunity to slip into that number four spot because they have the tiebreaker over the Texas Revolution. So it's been it, it, it's crazy what's going on in Champions Indoor Football. And then they got the, the tiebreakers on other parts of scenes and things of that assert that will go. It's been crazy trying to figure it out for the last six hours as we've been getting set and ready to go to talk about the playoffs. An exciting season. So, you, you, you see what ends up happening here. So, Duke City is in control of their own destiny. And the Wichita Force and the Texas Revolution are in, in their own destiny. But... What really it, it really shapes up is that the Dodge City Law beat the Duke City Gladiators. The winner of the Texas Revolution Wichita Force game will hold on to that third place spot. So Texas has to win because if they don't, Dodge City will slip into that fourth spot or um, the Dallas Marshals will slip into that fourth spot because of the tiebreaker. Ama- amazing, amazing season this season in Champions Indoor Football. It doesn't get much better. The fun that has been going on trying to finish, like I said, I woke up at 6 o'clock, and this wasn't a job for me. This was fun, trying to figure it out, and then going through seedings and things of that stuff. That, that what I just explained to you was easy, but then it was seeding, trying to figure out who gets that seed head-to-head and stuff like, oh, it's been so much fun. So those that listen locally, you one of the teams, not both, are going to make the playoffs if they make the playoffs. 
So the Texas Revolution win, they're in. If not, they are out. And then the Dallas Marshals have to win in order to get in if the Texas Revolution lose. And the Marshals don't have an easy game. They're playing the Omaha Beef, who are 7-4, and four, that has clinched, home field, uh, clinched one home field game. Where will their minds be when they take on the Marshals? Will they be relaxing, trying some other things out, or are they going to try to win the game? That's going to be a huge game, and I'll be at that game. But that will be all probably figured out by that time. Not, not probably, it will be. Friday night is when the Texas Revolution take on the Wichita Force. So that game right there will solidify what happens on Saturday. Again, if the Wichita Force win that, the Texas Revolution are out of the playoffs. Then that will leave open the Dallas Marshals in order to get the victory. Now, Dallas has to win. Now, if Dallas loses to Omaha, the Texas Revolution will be in the, the playoffs. So I, I'm, uh, uh, but Duke City has to lose. But if Duke City wins Saturday night, they're going to jump over Dallas and Texas and take that fourth spot. So lots of scenarios that have been going on, lots of things to talk about in Champions Indoor Football. It has been exciting, without question. Lots of fun. And we don't get that. We don't get the excitement, I think, in reality, if we have a 16-game season. Or even for that matter, maybe a 14-game, because maybe it would be figured out by now. That is the reason why this 12-game uh, schedule has been out of sight for this league. Not certain teams, because certain teams lose or get in, you know, with that. And if they had one more game. You know what I'm saying? So if the excitement is, is just incredible. I, I'm, I'm swelling with pride as being an office holder of this, uh, in this league in the front office as the director of operations. It's been outstanding. That having been said, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and I'll probably get my guys in here, and we're going to slide out of it. This was pretty much for my locals to talk about. So since that being said is the name of the show, and since we talked about champions indoor football and the games that happened last night, we're all done with that. We're ready to talk about other stuff. So we'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, it's getting into the meat of what's happening in all the major sports as well. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 
6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving RELEV 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848. Or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Tommy Clark, me, this working man in sports radio. I'm going to have a great day tonight. And my excitement goes back to champions in North Now, folks that don't know about the history of the Couch Potato Sports Show and Sonny Clark, we started back in 2009 because I was driving around on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning at one point. 
sitting here listening to golf shows. Listen, you go, why would any, first of all, I, I, and don't get me wrong, guys, I, I golfed a lot. I was a very good golfer, uh, did very well in high school. I, 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 everything was good. Love golf. But talking about golf to me is like watching paint dry. And, and unless, obviously, you're talking about big stories. And how often do you get a big story besides Tiger Woods doing what he did? The only other time that you talk about is when someone's close to breaking a record. You don't talk about the weekly games, you know, the weekly tournaments and stuff like that. You didn't, just didn't do it. Now, you talked about the Masters because the Masters was, was something. You, you talked about the British and the U.S. Open um, and then the players. You, you kind of talked about those. But really, if there was other news going on in other sports, you didn't even talk about it. So that's the reason why the Couch Potato Sports Show is on to this day, Okay. And I've just been too stubborn to stop, I guess. I don't know. But we've been doing this since 2009. Lots of things have changed in the eight years that we've been doing this show. Going into the ninth year with no planning to stop. But we went to just doing sports talk radio to doing play-by-play for indoor football, to indoor, uh, doing play-by-play for the Rowlett High School baseball, uh, the football team, then the basketball. Well, first of all, it was basketball. Then we turned around and did football. And then for two years, we did baseball. It's just we had bad connections. We just couldn't get that job done to call those games. Or we would still be calling the high school games. It's just that we don't have a good internet connection to make that happen. We need to have a strong signal from somewhere. So when they're at the baseball fields, there's no strong signal coming from someplace. And let's be honest, when you're using your phone as an internet connection, it's not the strongest either. So we don't even bother with it as much as I would love to call baseball, which we did play by play for six years. In, uh, for five years in indoor football. And we've been doing football forever. Now, with me not calling the games for the Texas Revolution this past season, I actually moved up into the front office of Champions Indoor Football. So, uh, and still doing the show on Sunday, doing inside the CIF, talking to things like that. So, the... the the change since 2009 from just going, starting the show because I'm sick of listening to golf on Sunday and Saturday mornings, to calling indoor football games, to calling high school basketball games, then baseball games, then football, then with me moving into the front office of Champions Indoor Football, by the way, the biggest indoor football league in the country and will be next year as well. It's been an, an exciting time for Sonny Clark and the Couch Potato Sports Show where we have moved from kind of just talking sports to getting into sports and doing that. But we're always here on Sunday. We're, 
let, let's just say that 80% of the time we're going to be here on Sunday because we're going to be talking sports because, again, it's the same, same purpose. If you were listening to ESPN this morning, you were listening to golf. If you were listening to other ones, you heard golf or medical shows. For God's sake, let's talk some sports. Now, I know when the NFL is not going on, we need something to talk about. I get it and understand it. Of course, that's the reason why we brought in indoor football, and that's where we're at right now. That having been said, you know, we, we're here, and I brought in the co-host as well. That's right, you better call because the finest co-host on Blog Talk Radio is with us now. It is Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Sonny Clark, how are you this morning, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. And by the way, in the and one thing I didn't mention in the from the genesis of the uh, the show is bringing in Cuervo, who brings in college football, doing the draft show. So he's the one that said, "Hey, we should do a show on the draft." I was like, hey, "You know." We do a sports show. It'd be kind of stupid if we didn't. Yeah, you're right. We should. Uh, so the genesis of the show has been amazing over since 2009 and when you jumped in in 2011. Yeah, Sonny, I know. I tell you, you know, if if I wasn't, if we hadn't met in Las Vegas back in 2010, I mean, I'd, I'd be one of those guys that you just mentioned that'd be watching golf highlights on Sunday morning. Watching. Uh. You know, NBA highlights that you already saw 10 times over and over and over on Saturday morning. You know, I'd be one of those guys, but, you know, um, things turned a little bit different when uh, when we met in Vegas. And ever since then, we, we, I, I feel like we've put on a good show, um, especially during football season because that's, that's definitely. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think we're going to deny that or we're going to try and. Um, you know, sugarcoat the facts, which are that, you know, football is what we do best. So um, this is a time of year where, where, yes, you know, it is a little difficult for everybody to think about something to talk about. I mean, who, who, who really wants to hear more Cavs versus Warriors NBA finals talk? And I'm sure we're going to get exactly, but there's a difference though, Sonny, (laughs) our, our, our take on it, our take on it is going to be a little bit different than what you normally hear can be a little bit different than what you probably want to hear. But that's because that's just who we are. We're, we are honest fans who have our – and all we do is give our opinions on this show, Sonny. So right. you know, for, for those that, that want to hear the politically correct stuff, for those that want to hear uh, – well, for the LeBron lovers, then go, go listen to Colin Cowherd. Go watch Fox Sports 1. Go watch ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're going to criticize LeBron on this show. We're going to criticize anybody that's playing bad uh, in any sports. And that includes the greats, the ones that we are fans of, you know, whether it's right. Tom Brady or whether it's LeBron or whether it's, you know, Mike Trout in baseball or, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby in the Stanley Cup final this year. So it, 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 exactly. it doesn't matter if, if you're playing bad, you're playing bad. If you're doing well, then we're going to give you credit. Exactly. 
And we don't have to worry about the kiss-up effect from billion dollars and million-dollar investments into your programming and sponsorship. We got sponsorships just local right here in Dallas who don't really care what we talk about as long as we bring them around that Eagles football and talk Dallas. And that's another thing. I can beat up on the Dallas Cowboys and not take too much heat from it and have our sponsors go away. Uh, They're okay with it. And that's the good thing about what we've done – when we brought in the sponsors, it, it was straight out when I was talking to them. I can't change the format of the show. If the Dallas Cowboys stink, they stink. If they win, they win. We'll give them credit. But if they stink, we'll tell them that. So so it, it was an understanding before we even get, got started with bringing in the sponsors of the show, which, by the way, locally right here, Butch Wesson, Wesson General Contractors, right there, Coslo Insurance, and then, of course, Nestec Wealth Advisors, uh, our main cornerstone, and then the other ones that we got obviously uh as sponsors of the show and uh put up commercials we appreciate which by the way come in contact with me that that renewing that's going on now so if you want to get part of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast for the play-by-play this season that's where we generated around we generated around the the Rowlett Eagles high school football and basketball teams and then it flows into this show as well so if you get the Rowlett Eagles you get the show and you get more, um, obviously, advertising. So that's what we do here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Hey, there's been some things that I've wanted to talk about that every time we get up on the show to talk about, sometimes I forget. So Sonny Clark actually wrote something down uh, because there's been some things that have been going on that I felt that were really good to talk about. And I want to talk about uh, a relationship. And let's be honest, I mean, when you talk relationships, we've had a relationship, although we've only met once, uh, our relationship is on the cornerstone that we care about each other, even though we met each other only once, Um, and we do a weekly show, um, and we've been doing it for a long time, but what ends up happening on ESPN is a total different story, and I want to talk about it because, of course, I'm not a fan of Mike and Mike uh, in the morning. Um, more than the fact is because they cater to who's ever asked is going to get kissed that week. And so they blow it up really good. Plus they have researchers for them. So them really not doing the work. They just read the research that's given in front of them instead of doing the research work themselves to come up with their topics and how they're going to talk about it. Take away from that. Hey, Mike and Mike has been an institution, Cuervo, uh, starting this whole thing off, you know, what, about 14 years ago, uh, doing, the, doing the radio thing and then obviously instituting it right into the uh, programming on ESPN TV. Now the breakup has happened or is happening in the middle of it, um, and the story is interesting. Uh, but from my understanding, from all the things I read, because I found this really interesting. I was like, why did they break up? Well, come to find out if I believe what I've read, and it's all been kind of consistent, so I think it is. Mike Greenberg is taking on a different show come next year in kind of a variety form on ESPN on TV, leaving Mike Golick with a guy that I think is Horrible, horrible, whether it's TV or radio, Cuervo. When I look at Trey Wingo, I look at this guy and go, 
I, I hate this. I'm not a fan of this guy at all. I've never liked him in reality. Uh, he might throw a funny anecdote out here and there, but overall, as far as sports talk, not a great big fan of Troy Wingo. So it's going to go Troy Wingo, Mike Golick, and his son. Now, I like Mike Golick's son very much, by the way. Although you can tell he's a kind of a little bit of an ass kisser as well. But in reality, I like him compared to, so I think they should keep it Mike and Mike and just kick Wingo out. But they want a cornerstone of what ESPN is on there. They didn't want to take a chance with father and son. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess they kind of feel like they worked well together, even though they are father and son. Um, you know, but, you know, I was reading, you know, especially what you put up. I know you put up an article about it uh, on your Facebook page. And, yes. you know, my thing is, my thing is, if if what it says is true and that Golik was upset because, you know, uh, he, he didn't confer with him about it. He just did. Yeah, that, At least that, that's the that thing. Greenberg, yeah, that Greenberg just turned around and agreed to it without really – you know, I guess in other words, getting getting an okay from Golik. That first of all, he doesn't owe you any type of. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, uh, any type of um, thumbs up to to go ahead and do that. Now, I will say this though: for as long as they've worked together, Sonny, um, I think he should have at least given him a heads up, like, "Hey, listen, ESPN contacted me. They want me to do a new show starting January of next year." Um, and I'm just letting you know that the offer is on the table. Um, and they all, and I also want to let you know that you're not a part of it. So I think, I think there should have been some sort of courtesy, not necessarily permission, but at least a, a, a courtesy as, as not just a coworker, but as a friend for as long as they've been right. doing the show, Sonny, I think he could have at least done that much for, for Golik and not just left them in the dark about it. So that way, maybe Golik can go ahead and pursue an opportunity somewhere else, maybe even outside of ESPN. Because if you notice, Sonny, uh, it was about a month ago or so, ESPN, I mean, it was like Black Shake Monday up. over there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, they fired a bunch of people. So, you know, the fact that, yeah, they didn't fire Golik at that time, who's to say that they weren't going to do it? you know, uh, right before the holiday season in order to get this new show started. Uh, I, yeah. I think, I think a Curtis, at least a courtesy to let him know the situation should have been done. Um, again, because they've been working for, for so long, if it had been like a, a show that's been going on for like two, three years, then it's kind of like, uh, well, you know, I, maybe you don't owe a whole lot to him, but, for as long as they've been working together, son, I, I think he should have at least gave him a courtesy and gave him a heads up about what ESPN's plans were with, with the show and whatnot. So that's just my take. Well, I, I take a look at this, and, and I've had experience in this a little bit as far as what's been going on. Not necessarily a togetherness on one one project or not, but a togetherness as far as where you thought the friendship was. So the level of where the friendship was, what, uh, you know, evidently Golik felt that their friendship slash respect and everything else um, demanded Mike Golik to just give him, like you said, the heads up instead of just hearing it somewhere without 
you know, hearing it from someplace else, like obviously uh, Greenberg. And so Greenberg not even making mention of it. I get where I, I let me tell you something right now. Depending on where they really were in their quote unquote friendship, not their their professional lives, but their friendship. I get where Mike Golick is coming from because usually friends would tell someone like that what is going on. Usually, I would think, usually. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm out in left field on this. Maybe I'm the only one that kind of feels this way. But out of respect for their friendship, that something should have been said. Maybe maybe not the okay, you can go ahead and do it, but the respect of See, we don't know the backstory on how Golick found out about this, too. That could be another, that, that, that could be another element to everything that's going on on this situation, but I understand where Golick is coming from on a friendship level as far as right. where they felt their friendship was. And evidently, Golick had a misunderstanding in reality on where that friendship actually was more so than professional. Um, so if you're a good friend, maybe you think you sh- it should go outside of professionalism, uh, professionalism. Because like you said, Cuervo, you know, Mike Greenberg doesn't owe Golick an explanation really in reality as far as professionally is concerned. He doesn't owe him squat. But in this case, the combination of their friendship and the professionalism that they've had for 14 years, I think Golick I think Golick has got something to say, and he's got a valid point. But we still go back to the fact that business is business, and Mike Golick is not going to pay Greenberg's uh, bills and keep him going with his family and where he's going to go. Let's be honest, Cuervo. A show on ESPN that has lasted 14 years, you defied the odds. And sooner or later, that was going to go away. And maybe Greenberg seen something in the future. Maybe those firings had a big idea on what he was going to do and how he was going to pursue it. So there's a lot of things that we're not getting the full story on because they're not going to talk about it, Cuervo. The understanding that I've been reading about it is these guys don't even talk once they get off stage. And that has been going on for about six to eight months. So, there's been some rumbling of going on about this show before it actually got out publicly, and that is the reason why the, the relationship is falling apart, if you believe what's going on. so. But I get where Mike Golick's coming from, and not only that, I get where he's coming from saying, he, I'm going to stand on this, because evidently our friendship wasn't where it was, and I misunderstood our friendship, and here we are today. I completely get it. I completely understand it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go on the other side. I get where Greenberg doesn't owe him anything, I guess for his family and stuff. But as a, as a friend, as far as they've been friends for so long, I get where, where Golik is standing on this. And I think I, I think I stand a little bit more on Golik's side on this more so than Greenberg's as far as where they are thinking that their friendship was a valuable one for both of them. Right. And, and that's, and that, that's what I was saying too, Sonny is, you know, it's, it's not like they just met a couple of years ago and, yep. you know, it's kind of like, Oh, we're, we're, you know, it's not quite working out. Let's, we're going to go our separate way. No, this was kind of like, you know, you thought this show was going to last for as long as ESPN would allow it to. 
And that's kind of yes. what what kind of happened. But at the same time, um, it, it kind of was very secretive. And very. I, you know, as far I as wish I would have known gaming, how much money was involved with it, though. Because let, let's be uh, between between this show. I mean, that show does not go anywhere without Mike Mike Greenberg. Period. And, and I don't want to say you could just put a monkey in the seat next to him because that's how good Golick is, or uh, Greenberg is. Golick, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'll put it out there. I think Golick is definitely the uh, lucky one of the two to be on that show in the first place because Greenberg, it, first of all, he's more intelligent all around as far as reading, writing, arithmetic in general, but the fact that Golik was able to connect with his sports portion of it and to bring it in and for them to work together as good as they are, that actually ended up really good. But really, to be honest, they could have probably put anybody in that seat that had some kind of smarts. And I'll give you an example I think John Lynch, if he wasn't still playing at the time, John Lynch is a guy that could have worked great with Golik. I think there are a lot of guys out there that could have worked good with Golik with the slap uh, stick shit uh, thing that they got going on, Cuervo. I th- but, so I think the lucky one in that relationship is really Golik. It is. Um, I mean, you know, for those who don't know, obviously, um, you know, Go go someone with the experience, right? And, and and it's a good combination. It's a good mixture, and I think that's why it works so well. And if you think about it, they've really influenced other shows on other networks. To kind Absolutely. Of so they're they they I, I don't know if you want to say they started a trend, but they've definitely um, they were the uh, the pioneers of of morning talk shows when it comes to. Um, you know that that combination of of the, I agree uh, with you. You know the you know the the player and the the uh, I guess the I don't know if you want to say media fan guy or whatever. Yeah, but then the media guy and and that's the thing about Greenberg. That's why he is the smarter one because he's the one that went to college. He's the one that has the the degree in in sports journalism and and and, uh, and things like that. And he went to school for radio and. Golik, Golik didn't didn't have that type of schooling and that type of training. He was up there giving his opinions and and giving his honest, you know, ex, yeah, talking about his experiences when he played in the NFL. And that's why, you know, again, another example of the best time, uh, you know, the best part of that show is during football season because of yeah, absolutely how have to talk about because you know absolutely I mean, that's, that's what Golik is experienced in. So. Um, that's when that show really clicked the best is during football season because you have you have the, the the journalism guy and you have the guy the former player that has the experience. So um, yeah, so I mean I I agree with you 100%, Sonny. I mean Golik is is definitely the 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 more fortunate one just because of the fact he didn't go to school he didn't he didn't have to put in the the time and and, and the and the money to go to school to learn how to be a sports journalist and, and do it in the professional level that, that Greenberg does it. So, um, right. you know, Golik just went based off of his, his life experience. And, and for ESPN, they're like, hey, that's good enough for us. We like the, we like the, the combination. We like the, the, the mix of, of journalist and player 
and it, and it clicked for years. So, um, you know, but again, I, I still say that whether whether they were friends or not, I think just on a professional level, probably should have gave gave Golik that that courtesy to say, hey, look, ESPN plans on shutting the show down. You might want to go look at other opportunities. I, exactly, and, and that and that goes also if you kind of think about it, Cuervo, where everything is going on. There's there's the reason why. The reason why they say relationships work is because of opposites attract. Okay, and, and let's be honest, that's what you're getting with Greenberg with and Golick. I mean, obviously the colleges and things that, that are talking about, you know, Mike Golick, he went, he went to Notre Dame, finance and uh, management major, all right, compared to Greenberg, uh, you know, Greenberg, you know, he, he does exactly what he goes to Northwestern, okay, and gets himself all set up in like you said the sports the sports center the sports side of it uh sports journalism and things of that writing but uh, by the way this guy wrote how, i mean i don't i know Golick wrote at least one maybe two books but greenberg writes books on a regular basis um so the opposites attract up on that is huge now one thing that i really kind of I guess want to know about, I guess in reality, you know, is where the money is. Now, if you believe what is written out, Mike Greenberg is uh, one of the top paid personality in the ESPN. Now, and depending on who you believe in things of that sort. But my question is, is, uh, you know, where's Mike Golick at? Where, where is he on the money trail? Um, so from what I'm hearing, 9 million is what, uh, that um, Golick is at, and looking at on the other side as far as Greenberg, where he is on his salary, um, he, my understanding is at like fifteen uh, as far as the the um, the salary and things of that sort. So you're looking at two different ty- sides of the spectrum. Now, granted, those numbers have increased over the years that they've been on TV and what they have done, but. I mean, you're talking about a guy that could have stepped in on Regis and Kathy Lee. You're talking about a guy that could have replaced, you know, John Stewart because, hey, Greenberg can be funny. He knows how to be funny. Uh, there's just a lot of things that this guy could have done compared to what Mike Golick could do, which no offense against Golick. Once you get outside the sports spectrum, I don't think you're going to get anything from Golick. So the value definitely is right there with Golick. I mean, with Greenberg, as far as being the guy that, you know, demands the salary, I guess you can say. Right, right. Well, I mean, because he has more value. Like I said, like you said, he can put him in different places. And the only other thing I can think of for, I mean, Golick would be, and this is not meant to be like a, like a fat joke, but I think something on Food Network would work for him just because. How much oh, I agree. About, like, you know, you know, different. Food that he that he has tried, you know that he enjoys or whatever, and he has stories. Yeah, it's a, I mean, because this, I mean, this guy has gone from being the the doughboy in reality. This guy's trim now, uh, and, and they still talk about food. So I, I think, right. wow, that the, yeah, I mean, he probably could have. I mean, now I don't know how successful it would be, um, but I don't know. But that's something that he could step in. And, and frankly, when I was listening to the play-by-play, you remember when they did the two games 
uh, in week number one where they had two Monday yeah. night football games and they did it for a couple of years. Let me tell you something. Golick had control over that as well. Um, so I, I could see Golick in the booth as well, big time. And that's probably what will happen. Um, matter of fact, I think just this past this past, uh, this past year during the bowl season in college football, he does a couple of games for ESPN. So he'll probably continue that. Yes. I, and, and, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, I want success like these guys. These guys, I don't think any of them, okay, any of these guys thought that this show would last that long. I, I, don't, I really honestly, I mean, heck, I can't even believe I've been on air, never mind the fact. And the monies and the salaries and the money opportunities that they were. But, you know, and I said 14 years square, but I'm wrong. It's been seven to, almost 17 years that these guys have been together uh, doing this show. So I'm just wondering, I mean, you know, he's going to get, I mean, Greenberg's going to get what I think he always wanted, which is the recognition for the work that he's done by getting kind of his own show kind of thing. And um, I think Golick should. I think he should go to the booth. I think – now, I'm not saying that he would be John Madden. I don't want to say that. But I think he brings more to the game as a player and his – experience in doing what he has done on the morning radio show. She can communicate it a lot better than some of the guys that are just going to show up, i.e., you know, Jay Cutler, i.e., Tony Romo. You catch one? If that's where I think that he would be. See, right now I think Golick would be better in the booth than both of them as the color commentator. But obviously those, those uh, networks are not ESPN or ABC owned. So that's the reason why you got them doing what they're doing. Right, right, and you know that that the uh, that brand they only they only accept a certain kind, I guess you could say. So, um, right, you know, and that's why they hire certain people, and that's why they've gotten rid of certain people. So, yep. I don't know, and, I, and by the way, Fox is picking up on that big time. It, 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 with ESPN's, I guess, quote unquote, downfall has been the Fox's benefit. Because they've been kicking their ass in the ratings and all those shows that they were having over at ESPN, over at Fox, mainly because people are following them. They're going to follow, you know, Cal and Cowherd. That, that, that crowd is not going to hang around and listen to Stu Gotts, which, by the way, is god-awful. They don't talk about sports. It's more entertaining. I get it, and I understand but people who are listening to Colin Cowherd are not interested in entertainment. They're interested in sports. So that's the reason why that crowd has went over. Same thing. Hey, if you want to know who was the guy that, that um, had that show put together over there with, with uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, you, you know, what was the name of the show? Uh, First Take. There, there's no question in my mind. Obviously, the ratings also prove it who the star of that show was, and Skip Bayless had a grasp on the fans because even that new show, and I, I'm not a Sterling Sharp guy at all. In fact, I don't like him at all. But I will watch it just so I can listen to him so I can see where they're, they're getting that audience over on Fox and the Fox is benefit, benefiting, you know, big time. Yeah, so so the uh, the show that for people that don't know, on Fox Sports One, it's called uh, it's called Undisputed. Undisputed. And it's with uh, it's it's with it's with Skip Bayless. It's with Shannon Sharp. 
And, oh, Shannon. And then yeah, as far that's as, right. Yeah, as far as, as far as the first take, they still have it, but now they have Max Kellerman on there, who came from. Horrible. Uh, he did a Horrible. he did a lot of ESPN. He did, yeah, he did a lot of ESPN LA. I'm gonna tell you who I don't like though, Sonny. I, I and you, you want to talk about somebody that doesn't talk sports at all, and is pure entertainment. And I, I don't even really care for the entertainment. Stugatz, I, I I can I can tolerate Stugatz. Dan, I think Dan Levitard is horrible, though. He is yeah. awful. With he the combination of them together, if Gotts went straight to sports, he would probably be more successful. I agree. Levitard sucks. Sorry, I'm sorry. He does. <laughs> but, people, but people like him because they think he's funny and they, they, you know, they laugh at things that he says and, and whatever. And to me, I don't, I don't know. I just... I I can't listen to it. I just can't. I don't yeah, I can't either. It, it's a, it, it's almost like the NBA during the regular season. It's unwatchable. Same thing with listening to him. They, it's unlistenable. You can't listen to him. Even when they do talk sports, it's just they don't talk about any type of the, the topics. Have I have zero interest? Like it, it's yeah. not. It's not an intriguing topic at all. It's kind of like. Their conversations are like, well, who had a better, uh, uh, you know, a better hairdo in their playing career, Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan? Like, yeah. who the hell cares about their hair? You know, to me, it was just stupid things like that. And they're like, let's make right. the whole question. Who had a better hairstyle in their playing days, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't listen to this no more. So, exactly. Stu, I hear you. I, I, Stu Gatz, I don't mind. Stu Gatz is not, he's not the worst person, but I think Dan Levitard sucks. And the fact yeah. that he has his own show on the national uh, network is even more embarrassing to ESPN. I think um, that's what takes away from it, Cuervo. I mean, and ESPN is moving, and, and a classic example is what Mike Greenberg's going to do. He's going to do a variety type, type show, more so than sports show. On ESPN. So that tells you the direction of ESPN and where it's going more so than total sports. I, I mean, and that's the reason why you get rid of all those guys that they got rid of. I mean, sports guys. I mean, just sports guys. And hiring people that can be, you know, kind of multi-talented, entertainment and sports and stuff like that. And that's the reason why. And that's why I think ESPN, if they don't do a quick turnaround, this could be, I think this could be really bad for ESPN's future. And I kind of wonder, Cuervo, I kind of wonder if ABC, i.e. the Disney Corporation, is getting sick of sinking money into the sports side of it because it's gotten away from exactly what Disney's all about, which is the quote unquote entertainment side of it. I think that they, that's the reason why they're moving away from it, Cuervo. And it, it, I think we are seeing the beginning. There may not even happen within the next two or three years, but in five to 10 years, I think we can see a decrease on the importance of ESPN more so than Fox, what Fox is doing. Fox is bankrolling on sports and staying only on sports and grabbing the guys that bring the interest. And I think that's the difference. I think the fact that ESPN's willing to do the entertainment side and not all sports 
kills the, what they are trying to do over at ESPN. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, Greenberg stays with ESPN or moves on to Fox or whatever the case may be. I think he should move to Fox because I'm seeing – I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with it falling apart, Cuervo. It could be 10 to 15 years, and ESPN is not going to be the uh, worldwide leader, leader in sports at that time. It's going to be Fox. I think you might be right, Sonny. I mean, it, to me, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened with ESPN. They really haven't, they haven't changed a whole lot in reality as far as what they do. But I think, I think we're starting to see – them become I think I've got a good comparison they're starting to become the the MTV of sports channels sports networks and what I mean by that is well what was MTV when it first came out it was about it was about the videos right like that's what it was supposed to be about music right exactly you turn on MTV now Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you have to you have to stay up till three in the morning to see a video. All you see every day yeah. is is you know uh, sixteen and pregnant and uh, you know all these reality shows, Jersey Shore and and all this other nonsense. To me, I I kind of feel like that's what ESPN is going to start becoming because like you said yeah. it's the Disney side of it says, well, we need to we need to go beyond sports. We need to do other things, and that's why I think. I think the um, the stars of ESPN are going to be Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, the ones that do the the six o'clock show. Uh, they call right. it six now, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I like them. They're they're good because they do talk about different things other than just strictly sports. They they like to get into the other aspects of of athletes, you know, and their lives and whatnot. And it's it's interesting to listen. Um, but I think that's what it's going to become. And, you know, for some people, it's just like, I just want to know who won, you know, who won the, the game last night or I want to see some highlights. And you're not going to get to see that unless it's 2 in the morning and they're rerunning Center over and over. During the day, you're going to exactly. get all these kinds of other shows. And I think that's that's when ESPN is going to start to tumble. I think they need to – get back to the fundamentals and get back to what made them successful um, and, you know, just kind of build from that because right. if, they, if, they, if they try to go outside the box and do something other than sports, they're going to lose the, they're going to lose the, uh, the audience. Gonna I agree. But, I mean, because it gets back and uh, notice how I circled this around. It's the reason why I started this show in the first place. We weren't talking about real sports. We're talking about other things on Saturday and Sunday morning when you should be getting jacked, uh, especially during football season. Now, the NFL channel got smart on this, and they started talking NFL 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. So so they're very smart about it. Obviously, NFL, they're going to talk about NFL. It's not going to be entertainment. But so that, that kind of, you know, stirred in what's going on. And I also, you know, don't don't forget about Golik. I think Golik, I think Golik sees this Trey Wingo thing as an opportunity for him to bail at the same time, kind of give him a paycheck until he can a 
for his services out to the end. By, by the way, I think the NFL channel would be better for Golik to go to more so than Fox. But that because they have more of the player aspect of it, and he's and he is smart. I, I'll give go with this all day long. This guy knows uh, offenses and defenses very well, and he brings that dimension, which would be great for uh, the NFL channel. Because I'm going to tell you, they got some guys over on the NFL channel that I, I just dislike even listening to. Deion Sanders, you're stuck with. Um, and Michael Irvin, you're stuck with. It's the other guys that they got on those shows that could be replaced with Golik that would make that whole production that much better. So I'm hoping the door is open for him to go to the NFL channel because I actually kind of dig watching the NFL channel before we get into doing our show. Well, I'll be brutally honest, Tony. I don't think he'd ever – I don't think NFL Network would ever hire him because, quite honestly, he's not a big enough name. And – and what I mean by that is, yes, in the sports uh, industry of, of, you know, talk show. and I mean, obviously, yeah, Mike and Mike is the most popular show. Everybody knows who they are. But as far as who he was as a player, I mean, look at, look at who NFL Network rolls with. There's nothing but Hall of Famers and – What I mean, Ryan Billick. I mean, I, I, you know, I, uh, and, and not Brian Billick, but Brian uh, Baldinger. I mean, th- th- this guy, this guy is useless as a turd in a swimming pool. Um, and, and and no offense against Levar Arrington, I, I don't like him either. So I can see a, a few guys that he could actually step in for. And Nate Burleson, I kind of like what he did. He's going to learn the situation a little bit better. Um, but uh, I, I think he can step in for Brian uh, Brian uh, Baldinger at any given point and be better than him. I think. I think. Um. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I guess I guess I was thinking about like the big shows, you know, during the during the season on Sunday morning, like uh, NFL uh, game day. Yeah. If he does like the other shows, the ones that are like reran and whatnot, I get what I you're saying. Fit into those well. Yes, that, yeah, and because, that's what I'm saying. I think I agree with you as far as who's on the the you know game day. I I I, I like the look at that. That sounds right. Yeah. So I mean, that to me, I mean, I I I think that um, that would be the only way he would fit in NFL Network because if he was to do one of the shows that are kind of you know, half an hour a day for throughout the season, but not like the, not the main NFL game day show. Like he, he they probably wouldn't want him on there because he's not, his pedigree is not that of, you know, guys like Michael Irvin and, um, and yeah. Marshall Falk and all those guys. And now, and now you add Kurt Warner to the list of Hall of Famers that they have. So, I mean, it's, it's not. Did Kurt Warner go to the NFL show. channel? He's was been was he on the NFL channel? Yeah, he's been. He's been. Yeah, I guess he's for, been there for a while. He's in the, he's in the middle of uh, Dion and uh, and uh, Irvin. Yeah, I mean, it's, interesting. They've, they've had that. They've had that combo for a while now. And Marshall Falk, right? Yeah, so it's, so it's Mariucci, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, and then Rich Eisen hosted. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I hope good things for Golick. 
I, I get where he's coming from, big time. Um, even kind of experienced yeah, the too. same thing as go with a little bit, but you know, it, I, I get where he's coming from. But I, but I get where Greenberg is. It's like this is my professional career. I don't need to ask you for anything. Um, and, and not only that, if and I'm not saying his ego. It, it would be bad in this case, but he's saying hey, the reason why that show works is because of me. And he would be right, by the way, because Goldust by himself is not going to run that show. Um, in fact, and I'll even put it out there, Mike Golick probably getting, uh, uh, or Mike Greenberg could run that show probably by himself without anybody, and it'd still be popular without Golick. So if it was the other way around, I don't think it would go there. So there's definitely a talent difference between both of them. And, you know, I, I, but the working together is the reason why it has lasted 17 years. So I think that now it can be accepted that, if Greenberg goes off and does his own thing, it could be successful because people, I think people will turn it, tune into that show, by the way, Cuervo, um, the new variety show. I think people will turn, tune into that new show. And I think, unfortunately for Golick, with Trey Wingo in there, I, you know, this guy, I, I don't know, maybe it's me. Maybe he rubs me the wrong way. He's more popular than, than I know. But I think Trey Wingo is, is the killer on this. I think they need to make it, keep it Mike and Mike and have his son and Mike only doing the show. I don't think they need Trey Wingo. I think Trey Wingo, you know, shoots him. Because what has Trey Wingo ever done that's lasted more than a year, Cuervo? That, and that's where my wonder is about where they're bringing him in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the only shows I know of that he's been on have lasted, you know, like you said, a couple of months here and there. Um, NFL Live is probably the, the most successful show that that Trey Wingo hosts, you know, during right. the season. Or or even now, it comes on at like noon every day on ESPN2. So it probably doesn't get a whole lot of attention to begin with. But he's right on Sports Center. I'll give him that all day long. I think I think he does. That's what he's good at. But I mean, it, I mean, maybe it's me. Is it me? How do you feel about Wingo? Do you like this guy, or is it just me? Just I, I just I can't. Whenever I hear his name, it's just like God. I don't even want to watch it. I I don't think he's bad. Um, I've 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 obviously seen better guys host shows like that. Obviously, Chris Berman is, is the, the, you know, the, the standard. Yeah, but, um, yeah it's okay. You know, so, without the, uh, without but, the sexual harassment. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you take away from that, I mean, other than that, he's, he's, he's the guy you want. So. Yeah. So... It's interesting shakeup. I mean, I think this ESPN thing, the shakeup here within the last couple of months when when that when they they fired how many? I mean, they fired like forty, fifty people. It was amazing, and and the one that shocked me um, is crap. Uh, uh, Ed Werder. When they fired Werder, I I am I, I am so shocked by that move. Ed Werder by 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 and far is one of the best guys that they've got over on that, that whole program. And firing Ed Werder was just unbelievable. And they didn't have enough nerve to have him come back and ask him if he'd do the draft show after they fired him. Yeah, that's, that's pretty ballsy by the ESPN to do that. <laughs> that is um, hugely ballsy. <laughs> so, 
I, Unbelievable. I him, so I'm, I'm guessing he said no, because I don't remember seeing him at the draft. He wasn't at the draft because I went back and rewatched it. And by the way, I didn't go back and watch rewatch the draft because I wanted to. I wanted to find out if Warder was on it, whether or not he did. And he bitch slapped them all over the place. I think that is great because Ed Warder can write him write a job anywhere in the country that he wants to be. Wherever he wants to be, he'll have a job. It, it won't be a problem. And I don't think he's decided on anything as of yet. So um, as a football season moves closer, he's the biggest free agent in journalism out there right now for any football squad, whether it's Fox or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, he, he used to do a lot of good, um, you know, reporting for the Dallas Cowboys specifically. Um, yeah. But, you know, just his, his overall NFL, you know, knowledge, I mean, that, that's, that's something that I, you know, I wouldn't have never expected him to get rid of, like you said. I mean, right. I mean, he, he's, he's one of the biggest names as far as, you know, reporting and whatnot. And he, did, he did it with, you know, arguably the most popular team in the NFL. So, yeah, um, exactly. Between, between him, and- between. I, him and Mark Stein, I think, were the two biggest ones for me. Uh, Mark right. Stein is is an NBA NBA guy. NBA guy, he exactly. Was, he was always, always like he was one of the first ones. If a trade was was being rumored, if a trade was you know uh, actually happened, he was the first guy that had the the info on it, even faster than Stephen A. has it. So. That was the guy that always gave you the breaking news on on NBA trades and and stuff yes. like that on ESPN. So to get rid of of the one your best source for NBA news and trades and all that stuff. Again, I mean, you know, the, the, the company's going to do what they do, but to get rid of your number one guy really surprised me. So. And how about this ESPN dropping ten million bucks on Chip Kelly Cuervo on 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 high school or on college football? ESPN gave this guy ten million bucks to go after they laid off over hundred uh, after laying off a hundred employees. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe it's me, and I don't know how much these guys make because I've never really jumped into it. But I think I'd rather have. A hundred guys that they laid off for a hundred million, or ten, ten of the guys that they laid off instead of the ten million that they dropped up on Chip Kelly. Wait, so wait, so this is something I don't know about. Chip Kelly's going to work for ESPN. ESPN, ten million bucks. Wow, I had no idea that was happening. Yep, and this was uh, May 28th is when this came down. So this, oh, this is from this morning. Uh, Unbelievable. Let me just make sure this is not one of those fake ones. Um, I don't think it is. Chip Kelly, ESPN, here we go. And hit the news side of it. Yeah, Chip Kelly joining ESPN. There it is. It's right there. Um, as a uh, studio analyst, and the ten million bucks, I think, is a correct. Uh, the, uh, I just got that from someplace else. But ten million for for Chip Kelly. I, I'm not sure how much is that. Um, um, 
all the NFL guy that, that uh, everybody likes on ESPN uh, and thinks should go back into coaching. Um, oh, Gruden? Gruden, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much, I mean, I know Gruden's making a lot of money. So, um, I'm trying yeah, to find I have, I have no trying, idea what his salary is. Yeah, no I, 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 but, I, but I read somewhere 10 million. Hmm. I'm trying to find out. Million. Here we go. See if I can find it somewhere. All right, here it is. It's a it, it's a three year, eighteen million dollar con. Oh no, that's with this contract on. That that's not that one. Let's find out. No, that's that's what he still had on his contract when he was a coach. Um, I want I wonder how much this thing is. Uh, now I'm I'm so intrigued. Well, here's what we'll do, Clairvaux. I have to hit another break. I got to get my sponsors in. During that break, I'll find out how much if they announced how much this guy is going to make. And when we come back, of course, we got NFL to talk about. We talked about ESPN and the uh, and the shakeup of uh, talking sports. Jeez, we did that for close to an hour, um, but that was good stuff. Um, we'll do that. Let's hit our commercial. We'll find out how much Chip Kelly is making. Then we're going to get into some NBA talk, even though it's kind of useless stuff, but, and then NFL talk will be right Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, it is fresh. I did it again. I hit the wrong button. Let me hit the right button. He did that last week, too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right there. Sorry about that. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett.
Buying or selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chain Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainlees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Alan Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price, and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Potato Sports Show. That being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition that happens each and every week, outside of a few weeks, like next week. Unfortunately, so Cuervo knows we will not be on air. Uh, my boss is taking a vacation. That means Sunny has to step up to the plate on Sunday morning. So we will not be on air next Sunday morning just to give you an update on that portion of it. I found it, Cuervo. Here's the deal. Chip Kelly's making $17 million next year and $1 million, uh, from the 49ers and a million from the uh, Eagles. The amount that he's being paid by ESPN will be deducted from the uh, 49ers uh, gig. So um, they're not going to put out what that's going to be, but uh, that's, what the, that's what the situation is with Chip Kelly. 
Yeah, Chip Kelly's just looking for something to do, I guess, Cuervo. He could have sat home and still collected the money and did nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's I mean, that $2 million he's making off of the 49ers and Eagles would have that would have been more than enough money for, for someone like myself or for even for you, I'm sure. I could live 18, off of that. He was, no, mark that, Cuervo. He's making $18 million. He's getting $18 million from the 49ers still. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of money. Yes. Wow. Huge. Huge number. Huge number. And a million from, uh, still from the Eagles on that salary. So, it, it, amazing. I mean, this guy, next year, Chip Kelly is making $18 million just from the Eagles and the uh, – the Eagles and the 49ers, that doesn't count any – I think he does Tostitos. I think I saw him in the commercial for Tostitos. That's not counting any endorsements if he has anything outside of Tostitos. I just remember seeing the commercial. Um, so not sure if he's still gaining uh, monies from that. But that having been said, I mean, $18 million bucks. I mean, he could have sat out on his couch, Cuervo, and collected the $18 million. Instead, he goes into the booth for ESPN. Yeah, I mean that, that, and that's what I was about to say. That's probably why he's not in a rush to try and find a, uh, uh, you know, a head coaching job because he's set financially. He doesn't really need that extra finance, you know, the, the extra money or anything, let alone the extra coaching. Yes. So he's he's probably he's good where he's at in his life. So. Yeah. Probably why he's trying to find a coach. I, I probably didn't do it either. And then depending on um, – I, I, I'm not sure if this was the last year of his uh, contract with 40 years or if he had one more year. Uh, he just put that whole contract with that he signed with, with them as well. So um, interesting stuff going on in there just for Chip Kelly and where he is at. So um, interesting stuff going on in the NFL. Now, before we get more into the NFL, let's go ahead and – Wherever we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happening in the NBA. I mean, we uh, even though we do other stuff better, we got enough to know and what to talk about on the NBA. So let's do this. Let's open it up. It's really simple. It's what we thought it would be. It would be Golden State and the Blue Warrior Cavaliers in the championship. And I'm going to tell you, I think – I think there's a lot of talk about the coach of the Golden State Warriors not being in the lineup. Um, when you got Mike Brown coming up behind him, and now granted, he is not, you know, he is not the head coach Kerr, if I'm not mistaken. He's not Kerr. Um, but, I mean, if you got someone to fall back up on, I mean, Mike Brown is not a bad guy you can drop back up on and uh, try to lead your team, the Golden State Warriors. I think a lot's being said about this. I think a lot of people are putting a lot of emphasis on what Steve Kerr did bring to him, which, by the way, look what they did with Luke Walton, okay? I don't know if you need this. I, and I go back to Luke Walton because they, they, they did the same thing under Luke Walton as they did – Without her, so I, I I know there's a big difference there, but I mean, and Luke Walton definitely got benefit from that as he was the head coach of the Lakers. I don't know if he's still the coach there or not. I haven't checked that out as of late. But I mean, do you do? I mean, I know you've been listening to it. Do you think that this is a big deal? Not having Steve Kerr in the role of coach and in these uh, finals. 
Sonny, are you really asking this question right now? You and I can coach this team, and we'd be in the NBA Finals right now. That's what loaded, I was thinking. Loaded with talent. Um, the only thing I I would have to do is just make sure that, or do everything in my power to make uh, prevent any any injuries outside of a game. Right. That. Other than that, I mean, to, to me, with that much talent and with that much intelligence on that team between guys like Durant and Curry and Dr- and even Draymond Green, excuse me, as much as I don't care for him, he's a smart player. Um, and even and even and Clay Thompson, those four guys, your leaders, to me, in my opinion, Tony, they they coach themselves, and, and right. that's why. You saw you saw a guy like Eric Spolstra who got a head coaching job for the first time. Right. Uh, wins two championships with the Miami Heat. Why? Not because he's a coaching genius. No. Because you have LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Not to mention a sharpshooter in Ray Allen and Mike Miller. So at that really, time, yeah. The team, the yeah, the team coaches themselves, Sonny. Um, and then you have yeah, I got like Mike Brown who could never get over the hump in, in, when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers and he had LeBron, uh, which right. I think is a huge advantage. Which I think is a huge advantage for Golden State, by the way. But I agree. Now that he's now that he's with Golden State, it's they're not twelve and zero in the playoffs because of him. They're twelve and zero because the talent is so much better than anything else that the that's you know the, the Western Conference, let alone the NBA, has to offer that. Like I said, I could be out there in a suit and tie and coach this team to the finals. It's really just a matter of managing the minutes and preventing injuries outside of the game. That's all Mike Brown has to do right now. So, to answer your question, Sonny, it has absolutely zero effect on whether she's going to be there to coach the team or not. Incredible. That, I'm going to tell you, that's not what is being talked about all over the media. I mean, I've heard, you know, you're not going into the to the thing with your captain. You're not going with the guy that brings you in. Uh, the, the loss of this guy, I mean, boy, are they trying to spin this to be the biggest story in the, in the playoffs, in the finals here, is that there's no Steve Curry. Now, let, let's just go on to it, okay? Luke Walton, when he took over this team, didn't he win like 24, 25 games in a row to start off the season? 39 and 5, 39 and 6, or something like that. But now it's like, with Luke Walton, okay, which, by the way, when Luke Walton was hired by the Lakers, I said it was the dumbest thing that they could have done. And guess what? Sonny was right again. Same thing with Leslie Frazier as the head coach of the Vikings. Wrong pick. I was right there, too. Um, so, you know, it, it's it, – you. It, I don't know. I, you're right. This is a basketball team that does not need Steve Kerr to have the success out on the basketball court. Um, now, that having been said – I don't think I agree with you. I, I agree with you to a certain point, Cuervo, about Mike Brown. Uh, but the part about Mike Brown that I don't think is, is that, yeah, Mike Brown knows LeBron, but guess what? Mike Brown never coached that team either, okay? So that might be the advantage of, with him doing the the Cavaliers and let them do, but I don't think that he brings in the extra added knowledge more so because I think because on the other side, you do have LeBron who knows 
Mike Brown. So I think any adjustments can be made in order to prevent any kind of advantage, I think. I think they kind of walk in reality um, with Mike Brown. And I know there's lots of talk. I've been hearing, oh, Mike Brown used to be the coach of that team. Mike Brown didn't do anything. You and I both know he didn't do anything when he was coaching LeBron. No, well, and you're right, Tony. You're, you, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Um, I think, I think at the same time though, he, there was a little more effort just because after LeBron, who, who did the Cavs really have on that basketball? Who, Mo Williams? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so there, to me, there was a certain level of coaching that Mike Brown had to do. But it wasn't for LeBron. It was for everybody else. Right. I see. All right. Yeah, no, it makes sense because he did the same thing with the Lakers, right, Cuervo, when he was coaching the Lakers, you know. He wasn't coaching Kobe. He was coaching everybody else. So, you know, or at least trying to, you know, obviously Kobe, I had to say so, and so did LeBron. uh, But at least I, I get what you're saying. I got it. Yeah, so with that being said, Sonny, um, you know, that's the name of the show, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I, with, the, with this Warriors team, I mean, he can just put it on – he can put himself on cruise control, autopilot, and whatever you want to – whatever term you want to use and just kind of go from there and say, hmm, yep, Durant looks tired. All right, get, get him out. Oh, Curry looks like he's going cold. Get him out. And that's all That's all my sound has to do is just – kind of observe and whenever somebody looks tired or they start to get cold um, at that point he uh, he takes them out of the game and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the point where I'm going to go back to the point that I don't think and I know and I know how incredibly stupid this is going to sound before I say it, okay, Cuervo? So I thought both sides, believe it or not. I don't think Steve, I mean, Maybe because I walk, or I don't know. Okay, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I got. I guess I'm gonna say. You know, the workhorse of the of the Warriors and the players. It would be like the a, a boat would be the motor. Without the motor, it doesn't matter who's leading it. Okay, it, it doesn't matter who's steering the boat. I mean a. You know, a captain of a boat could steer around an iceberg unless you're on the Hindenburg and, you know, or uh, the Titanic, um, and then it was too dark to that. But, I mean, I think anybody could steer the ship in reality. And, and frankly, there's a lot of coaches that probably, besides Mike Brown, that could go in and do the same thing that Mike Brown that could do. So I'm wondering why, and I'm still wondering, even though I kind of admitted I was wrong about the Steve Kerr thing, um, but look at what this guy has had since he's been coaching this team. I really, I know how stupid it's going to sound. I don't, I don't see the value in Steve Kerr. And the reason why Luke Walton goes in and wins all those games, the exact same thing with Brown taking over during these playoffs, it, I guess I'm saying it doesn't matter if Steve Kerr is there. So what is the big deal about Steve Kerr? Now, Steve Kerr went on over to the Timberwolves and made them a playoff team and make them a force. I can respect that a little bit more. Uh, you know, to me, Steve Kerr, and I'm going to say something else stupid, to me, Steve Kerr is like Phil Jackson. 
Phil Jackson had all the pieces. He just had a couple of oh, ideas boy. to help them win their games. I, I think, I, and I'll put it out there, and he's proven it. I think, I think Phil Jackson is overrated. I really do. And I know how dumb that sounds with all of the rings. But, again, when you got the motor, all you got to do is steer it, and it don't take that much to turn it a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. Oh, Sonny. Oh, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't prepared for this, but now my wheels are turning. The wheels are turning, Sonny. Because <laughs> you know, you know how I feel. I know, Phil Jackson. I know you got some. You don't have Phil. You don't have love for Phil Jackson as a as a um, whatever he is GM over there. I know you don't. I know you do not like what has happened over in in New York as him being the runner of the Knicks. I mean, it's obviously this guy doesn't know how to run an organization um, with without having the superstars in there to run it really for him, like he did as a coach when he was with when he was with LA and when he was with Chicago. That I think that's my huge point in the whole thing, I, and I know. How incredibly dumb that sounds because he's got a ring for every finger almost. Um, but at the same time, when you've got that talent, I mean, Steve Kerr is Phil Jackson. And, and uh, who's coaching? Uh, 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 who's coaching for Cavaliers? Uh, Luke Pitches, no. What, uh, not Luke Walton. Um, uh, Tyrone. Lou. Yeah. Lou. He's the same thing. Sorry, it's the same thing. Now, granted, Lou hasn't won the championships. Kerr's got one or two. You know, know, so, you know, it's the same thing, Cuervo. Maybe it's me. I mean, if you can can lead great people to be great players to win games, great. And Phil Jackson was able to do that. But I don't think it was Phil Jackson. I honestly don't. I, 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 w- I, wish I, could, I wish I could have the mad love for Phil Jackson as more so than I could do with players. Now, I will give him this. I will give Phil Jackson this. There's only so many people that could take on Dennis Rodman and make him successful. I, I, maybe I can, I can give him the credit for Dennis Rodman. But really, out of all of them, I don't. I, I everybody else. I just don't see it. Uh, and, and even even Dennis, even Dennis had his moments though too. When when he was a bull, son. Of course. Uh, you know he had his moments. You know the, uh, you know kicking the cameraman, the whole Vegas trip. Uh, yeah. You know, so there were times where it was kind of like, I'm sure he was thinking, oh, Dennis, what am I going to do with you? But I think. I think what made Phil, you know, uh, the coach that he was is, you know, he he really knew how to take the different personalities, and that's why they call him the Zen Master. Get all the personalities sure. and kind of kind of really unite them as, you know, to make them a team. You know, because I mean, you can right. have all the talent. It's it's just like this Golden State team. I mean, you got all the talent in the world, but if you don't know how to man- manage the personality that you have on that team, it's just not going to work. Because if you think about it, we've had teams in the past that are like, quote, unquote, super teams that it didn't work out. Okay? Think about it. Do- Which and, ones? And I, I like, well, and I like Doc Rivers. 
But the fact that Boston only won one championship with Garnett, Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo in, in, in the years that they had them in, in the – I wouldn't even say the prime of their careers, but in, the, in some of the better years, especially, especially with, you know, uh, with Rajon Rondo, such a young guy. They should have won at least one more championship, in my opinion, okay? Okay. You got that. You got that. Miami, when LeBron goes to Miami, okay? Okay. I understand it. It takes time for for a team to click together and whatnot. I don't think it takes two full seasons, though. But that's how long it took for the Miami Heat to finally win. Well, they were in the finals in the first year, Cuervo, right? Am am I thinking wrong? no, they, they went. They went all four years that that um, LeBron was there. Was that right? Was so they were there in the finals, finals, right? They went in the first they year. Went to the finals. Yes, they lost to the Dallas okay. Mavericks. If you remember correctly, got it. Yes, um, I do. That's why so, I thought I remembered that. Yeah, but they should have won. They, they were by far the best team, Sonny. They, but the thing by about Phil. And, and and even and even Phil showed this when he got hired by the Lakers. He took that team to the next level that they hadn't been to yet with Shaq and Kobe. All right, Del Harris was the coach before, and they got they got deep in the playoffs, and that's great and all. But when Phil came in, he was able to take that team to the level that they hadn't been before. The thing about Phil Jackson is, like I said, he manages the personalities and he challenges you. He challenges you to take your game to the next level, and he teaches at the same time as challenging. So, to me, that's what make, that made him such a great coach. Um, now, when you're sitting in the GM seat, it's a lot different than being a head oh, coach. Yeah. I'm telling you, Sonny, if, if Phil Jackson was the head coach of the New York Knicks right now, they would, they would most definitely be a playoff team, in my opinion. Now, I don't know if they would get past – not Cleveland or even Boston for that matter, but I, I tell you that they would they would be right there in the thick of it with those teams because of Phil's ability to take guys to the next level of their game and challenge them. Well, you mentioned a, a guy I got a lot of respect for in the basketball game, who I think has been underrated as a coach, and I'm talking about Del Harris. Um, but the problem with Del Harris. Is, is that the, the, the unfortunate situation is he didn't have the success as a coach in order to maybe kind of change their thinking. When they brought in Phil Jackson, in reality, I, you know, I guess I'm going to give you that. I guess I'm going to give you that. Um, maybe, maybe not everyone. Because, Del, listen, Del Harris, that guy could coach. That guy is a coach. And so much so that I'm glad he didn't go out and do a lot of jobs um, because he proved that he could coach. Now, could he coach Kobe Bryant? No. But let's be honest, okay? Del Harris wasn't going to get Kobe because he wasn't Phil Jackson. So I get the value in Phil Jackson because of what he did with, with Michael Jordan and the personality. So maybe I get that part with you, and I get it, and where the roles have to step that where Kobe would have to step back compared to Phil Jackson, because really, to be honest, I mean, Del Harris, I, I, I think, I think 
I think play by play, I think, and, and I know I'm going to say something incredibly dumb again. I, I think that he's a better coach. Okay. Now managing personalities, I, I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I'm going to give you that he can manage the personalities, but I mean, you know, play by play, you know, you know, putting the putting the play up on the board. I mean, the triangle. Let's be honest, is not the most you know difficult play to learn. Okay, Del Harris had more than just the 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 triangle. But I go back to the fact that you know, it, it, I get where you're coming with it. I, I and so maybe overrated. Maybe he's just a guy that can get things done with with big egos. Del Harris didn't put up with it. Look at, I mean, I mean, for God's sake, out of all the people that could coach your basketball team up there in, in Minnesota, you couldn't get the players to respect Kurt Rambis, who had how, has how many rings? Okay, so I, I get it to, to work with today's superstars to, I guess, with lack of the better word, fluff them up to make them feel good about themselves. Maybe that's what he's good at. But as far as coaching, the X's and O's of the game, give me Del Harris. And I know that sounds incredibly stupid after the success that Phil Jackson has, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to say basketball mentality, I think Del Harris has more. More than Steve Kerr? Phil Jackson. Than Phil Jackson. Oh, than Phil Jackson. Absolutely. Well, I, I think... I think there's a better, as far as X's and O's are concerned, I think there's many coaches that are better. But the fact of the matter is the X's and O's are not winning the championship. It's the babysitting that wins championship. And that's the sad thing about the NBA. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the NBA as much is because it's not about the talent. It's about how you manage, you know, the feelings of the players, uh, more so than guys coaching basketball teams. I mean, that's obvious when you see what's in, outside of L.A., outside of uh, New York, outside of Chicago. When Kurt Rambis cannot make the Minnesota Timberwolves um, respectful, there's there's got to be value in babysitting, and that's what you get, I think, with a Phil Jackson. Um, and you probably get it to a certain extent with with, with her. Um, and Mike Brown, same thing, uh, babysitting. Pat Riley to a certain extent as well, because look at everything that he did with, with the Lakers. Now, I think Pat Riley's probably better than all of the babysitters because he can actually coach and coach well X's and O's. I'm not going to sit here and say that Del Harris is better than Pat Riley with X's and O's because Pat Riley could coach a, a coach a basketball team. So those are two different things. Being a basketball coach and a babysitter coach, those are two different things, and I think they're huge when you're talking about the egos of these guys and how many million dollars a guy that is considered number nine on your bench is making more than the actual coach. Um, you know, you got to be able to babysit it. And I, I, Del Harris is not a babysitter. He's a basketball coach. And there are many coaches like, like um, uh, that, that, that are like that, that are not successful. Who's the guy with the glasses that's coached many basketball teams and had been great success? Um, I think his last name is Brown, too. That's a little guy who looks like a turtle. Oh, um, uh, he's coaching geez. SMU, I think, right now. Let me let me find out who's the coach of SMU. 
Larry Brown, that's it. So Larry Brown, I mean, how many championships does Larry Brown have? Not many, right, Cuervo? Uh, if if I, I don't think you know. To be honest, honey, I don't think he has that. He got that. I think the closest he got was when he took the Sixers with Allen Iverson to the finals against the Lakers uh, one year. I think it was like 2001 or something like that. Here it is. I got it right here. This guy's never won the championship, Cuervo, and that's the yeah. that's the uh, that's that, thought. Yeah, so so when you look at that is that kind of thing, he's kind of like a Dell Harris square vote. He's an X's and O's guy, not a babysitter. Now, it would be ridiculous for anybody to say Larry Brown's not a good coach, square vote. I mean, you would be out of your mind to say something like that. Um, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is there's two different types of, of players. Mark that. He won one championship in 2004. So, and in 2004, he was with the Detroit Pistons. So, um, there you go. A, okay. Yeah. So that, I just looked that up, but, but that's how much that, see, and that was an excellent, that's a classic example of the X's and O's team that you have with the Detroit Pistons in 2004. That's an X's and O's team that, it might have been the, the last team that an X's and O's team won the championship more so than babysitting and patting them on the butt, telling them everything's going to be okay. It might have stopped right there, Cuervo. Yeah, well, I tell you, I mean, and if you remember that that Pistons team was known for their for their stingy defense. I mean, their defense yes. was great. I mean, Absolutely, yeah, Wallace. Yeah. You had Rasheed Wallace, and you had Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince. Yes. That was a good basketball team. Richard yeah, Hamilton, a very, a very underrated player, Richard Hamilton. Uh, I'm going to talk, yeah. uh, and, and I love that. Cuervo, we might have broken what the difference between basketball today compared to the day is. We have broken, I think we've broken the formula. The formula is is that you can be a great X's and O's basketball coach, but if you don't know how to babysit well, you're not going to have success in this league, i.e. Kurt Rambis, i.e. Uh, uh, Larry Brown. You know, you've got to know how to pat these guys on the head and make them feel good about themselves. Um, and if, you, if you're that hard-nosed coach, you're not going to do it very well. Uh, and if you remember correctly, when they won that championship, the Indiana Pacers had won they, – they won seven more games in the regular season than they did. Okay, so they were a little bit better on the road. And, and the Pacers didn't even make it out of the first round, if I'm not mistaken, in that year. So that, that – te- mm-hmm. wow. I think we might have broken down in the NBA – what year it actually ended because since 2005 in the NBA championships, this is not very hard to figure out either. So let me hit this 2005 NBA champions, uh, champions. I, I, I got, I, I think, I think we just, I think we just nailed it on the head. NBA champions. Here we go. The San Antonio Spurs. Now they break that mold, Cuervo, because there's not. E- e- I, when you look at that, what's going on? Um, Greg Popovich. He is an X's and O's guy. He's the last one that's out there. Okay, and he's won championships. So I think he's the one that kind of breaks that idea 
of what's going on. So 2005, it was the Spurs. 2006, it was the Miami Heat and Dallas Mavericks. And that was when Pat Riley babysat the, the Heat to win that championship with LeBron. That's when it was, Cuervo, because you look at the Spurs. The Spurs, the last X in the Zanos guy that's out there is Greg Popovich. That's what it is. And that's what he doesn't have to manage egos. Right, right, right. And, you know, I guess, and you're right, that's a prime example of, you know, the guys that, the guys that won't tolerate to, to, to the millennials of today, if that's the word you want to use, yeah. or the ones that, that, you know, they either they put up with it or they don't. And they put, put their foot down and hold these guys, you know, hold people accountable for, for the way they are as a player, you know, and I, I would say, well, let me ask you this, Sonny. I mean, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. We'll go back. To, let's go back to the Golden State Warriors as a team for, uh, you know. Okay. How much credit do you think Mark Jackson has? Do you think he should have gotten a ring two years ago when they won the championship? Do you think, he should get a ring this year if they win the championship. And, and, and in a way of saying, you are the one that kind of started the Golden State Warriors are now. Thank you for getting them in the right direction. It didn't quite work out as long-term head coach. However, you paved the way for this franchise. So here you go. And, and, I'm going to say no, and the reason why I say that is they didn't even make it to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship in that year. That's the reason why. So I think you're talking, if I'm not mistaken, about 2014. And that, and that was the last year. If I if I remember, it's, see, I'm trying to do this on my head. I shouldn't yeah. try to do that. Um but if I'm not mistaken, they didn't even make the finals in their own conference. If they did that, Cuervo, or even no, – I, I, I think he needed to be taking them to a, a finals. And the, the fact that he didn't, I think that's what hurts him, don't you think? Yeah, I mean – Steve yeah, Kerr was the one that managed them well to get him over the hump. And the year before that, here it is, here it is. In the Eastern Conference, the Heat defeated the Pacers 4-2. to two, And in the Western Conference, the Spurs b- defeated the Thunder 4-2. to two. So he didn't even get them into the finals of their own conference um, with, with that. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it really just, I guess, I don't know. I, may, I guess maybe I, sh- I uh, was thinking a little too much about Mark Jackson as far as, like, he oh, he got screwed, Cuervo. I, I, I'll put it out there with you. I'm right there with you. I think Mark Jackson got screwed. I, I mean, um, but I think that goes back to that Mark Jackson could be that X's and O's guys more so because Mark Jackson was, it wasn't necessarily a head case when he played. Mark Jackson was a X's and O guy. He was kind of down to earth. He wasn't a diva. This is a guy that pounded his ass. Yeah, game in, game out on the basketball court, and and that and that might be that might be something else that you can kind of look at. Okay, look at look, look at um, go back to uh, um, Kurt Rambis pounding it each and every game. Who's another coach that didn't that didn't find success? Larry Bird, Larry Bird pounding X's and O's guy. You know, pounding it never really had success as a head coach. 
um, um, some other players that, that made the step. Didn't Michael Jordan even at one point coach? I mean, I think he coached like for half a year or something like that, or maybe a whole year. Didn't you, no. Didn't, didn't, he never coached, sorry. How about Magic Johnson? Yes. Yes, he did. Another guy. He coached. Another he, guy. He coached. Pounding it. He did. And I, 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 man, I think we broke the mold, Quaver. I think we figured out what is uh, makes a good coach nowadays, and it's not about X's and O's. And that's what's sad. And, and you know, now that we really start kind of thinking about it and go full circle in this, it is the reason why the NBA is hard to watch. It's it's babysitters more so than talent out on the back. I'm not going to deny the talent, Cuervo, because that would be a ridiculous statement. But managing right. divas. Managing divas, managing guys with egos that are so big. And again, the number seven and eight guys are making how many millions of dollars more than the coach? You know, I, I, we, we just figured, at Cuervo, we just figured it out. Well, I, I, think, mean, I, think we, I think we just figured it out on this, on this thing right here. So, um, Interest, I, I, I find that very interesting. So, I, I yeah, to me, to me, it's not that it's, it wasn't that it's not really that difficult to really think about. I mean, it's it's you look at the, the players and, and, and how they are today, and you know, you think about things like, well, you know, they they, they want the spotlight, so. Why, yes. why is that? What is that? What does that contribute to? Well, that contributes to their ego. So, to me, I don't think it was really that complicated to figure out. It's just a manage of number one, and you know, kind of acknowledging that that's what it is, and number two, okay, now what do we do about it? Right. If you can acknowledge, if as a basketball team, if you can acknowledge that we have a, I don't want to say personality problem more like an ego problem or an ego situation where we have players that kind of feel like they're bigger than the team. Well, how yes. do, what do we do to fix it? What do we do to, to, um, to kind of escalate the whole situation and get, get them back to thinking and, and feeling, um, you know, like it's not about them. It's about the team. And once once you've done that and you can right. figure out a way to manage that, then I think that's when you will find success and the players will buy into to what you're what you're telling them and what and and on top of that I think really nowadays Sonny, it's a it's a prove it, you know, show me type of, of generation where you can tell me you can tell me all these great things, but if you can't prove it, if you can't show me then to me, your word means nothing. And, and exactly, like in Isaiah Thomas today, you know, you know, the one that got hurt in the finals until he wins the. I mean, this this guy can play ball. I mean, and 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 those that think it is Isaiah Thomas Jr. Okay, read read up on it before you think. Okay, um, I think this guy. Okay. He's got he's he can be a guy that could make it in there. Also, another guy, Chris Paul's another guy. I mean, they got to be able to find the team that can. Will Chris Paul ever be as 
great as that, that his poten- potential could be without a championship. I, I, there's, there's another guy that I feel bad for. This guy can't, can't get an NBA championship because he's, you know, I, I think he's, he's a workhorse more so than a diva. Um, and I don't know if he's mm-hmm. ever going to win a championship unless he gets, catches on with a team like this. I mean, I mean, right. go, back, go, go back to Doug. I mean, we can go back to Doug Collins, who in the initial coach for Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, you go back there. I mean, the Bulls were good, but they had to bring in Phil Jackson to manage the diva that was Michael Jordan. Although he was also an X's and O guys, but he was kind of that diva player. He might have been the guy that started the whole thing in reality, Cuervo. Look at Jordan, you know, becoming the diva, becoming the guy, and then then getting all the players on the team as well. But the X's and O's that Doug Collins was, I, you know, I, yeah, it, it, man, it, it, I think it's, it, it might be just so obvious in front of me now on what kind of coach gets success in the NBA now. You know, and then and then we got to get around the mentality that players like each other more so back in the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s. Players hated each other. They didn't like each other, but the money portion of it brought them together in friendship and reality. Cuervo, the incredible amount of money brought them in there is, is how can we get ours, and that that's that's more the thinking than winning championships as well. Yeah, and you know, I, I think um you know, it's it's the other thing too, it's kinda like how do I say this? People now they wanna they wanna do as leak at least as least work as possible and achieve the ultimate goal. They, I agree. They, they wanna use the they the least they wanna use the least path of resistance. And to me, I mean, what contributes to that? Really, I mean, I know what contributes it. You know what it says: the right of entitlement. Exactly, the message that is being fed to you. Absolutely, Cuervo. Well, what I was going to say is: is it, is it the message that's being sent through music? Is it sent through parenting? Is it sent through, uh, you know, teachers? teachers that influence kids when they're in school, like where does it come from that um, this entitlement feeling comes from, you know, is it, or is it just the way that the, that, that society or the world has become now where everybody feels like they have rights. Everybody feels like, you know, uh, um, you know, if you're, if you're, their, their uh, feelings matter. Well, yeah, that too, that too, and you know, and it's 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 kind of like how you and Brian talk about it's it's the generation of participation trophies where right. everybody gets a trophy, you know, everybody Crap. everybody gets sprinkles on their ice cream now. No, sprinkles yes. are for winners, okay? You're lucky to get so, ice cream sometimes. Never mind sprinkles on top of it. There you go. You can have ice cream, but you don't get sprinkles because sprinkles are for women. Like that's how yes. it's, that's the way it should be. You don't get the cherry exactly. on top. It's for winners. You don't get the chocolate <laughs> syrup and the whipped cream. Now, which is worse though? What's the worst sport? I think it's the NBA. Well, I think it's basketball in general. Uh, I, yeah. I, but you know what, Sonny? 
I think football is getting very close. Absolutely, but but if you think about that, though, it takes the Nexus and those guys to win in the NFL still, right, Cuervo? You can't just have some babysitters for Peyton Manning. you got to be an Nexus and those guys. I mean, because all you got to do is look at Bill Belichick. You think that guy is an I'll fluff your ass to make you feel good kind of guy? No, he's the Nexus and those guys, and if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. That's, you know, of course, that, I think that's the reason why you can admire, you know, Bill Belichick more so than, than another coach that would, you know, cater to your, your superstars. I just don't think it's there. In the, I see where you see where it's getting close as far as Eagles are concerned and stuff like that, but, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's to that point. Well, I will say this. When it comes to, when it comes to football, um, you know, you got to have that, that one guy, uh, like you said, where they know the X's and O's at the quarterback position. I don't think it yes. really matters too much if, if it's your running back, if it's a receiver, if it's a tight end, if it's a left tackle, if it's a, uh, a pass rusher. I mean, as long as they have the talent, then, yeah, they're going to make a huge difference on your football team. But the reason that it's the biggest deal with the NBA is because – that is a sport where one guy can make a difference. All right, I'll yeah, use big difference. Exactly. I, I will use I'll use the Lakers as an example. Okay, um, so with the roster that the Lakers have right now, okay, if you put LeBron James on that team right now, they win a championship. Contender, they win a championship, right? Yep. Now let me ask you this: If you put Steph Curry on that team, how successful are they? Probably pretty similar, right? A little bit less, but yes. Okay. Let's say you put Kevin Durant on that Lakers team. How successful are they? Good point. Good point. If you put if you put Anthony Davis on that basketball team, how successful are they? The point I'm making, Sonny, is no matter what no matter which guy you choose and you put on a team like that, they're going to be drastically better. And all it takes is one guy, okay? Yeah. All it takes is one guy. So basketball players, their mentality is, just like this whole Lonzo Ball with his dad and all this other nonsense, they really yeah. believe, like, they are the one person that can, that can take them to the playoffs, take them to the championship. And you know what? It's, it's really it's, – I'm not going to say I disagree – but I have to see it for myself first. Exactly. So, I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. You know, you're right. You know, so, but with, with football, it's more of a team sport. And yes. with basketball, it's a me sport. See the difference? Yeah. Basketball is a me sport. Football, baseball, hockey is a team sport. Because yeah. it takes I, more I, than just fact, one when, guy. When you mentioned when you mention baseball, Cuervo, I don't even think it enters into the equation to the extent as it does the NFL because you can have the Alex Rodriguez all day long, but if you don't have the three or four other guys on that team, it makes a big difference on whether or not you make the playoffs or not, and that's the big, huge thing. Well, I mean, you need good pitching. You need good starting. You need good you know, relief pitching. You need a guy yeah. that can, that can sm- smash 40 home runs. There's a lot more pieces that you need to build a good baseball team. In, in I the agree. NBA, 
I mean, if the Lakers get Lonzo Ball, which it sounds like they're going to, I'm telling you right now, Sonny, as crazy as his dad is, I think I believe him when I say or when he says that the Lakers can be a playoff team. Now, are they going to be a number two, number three? Hell no. But no, they're not going to get that much better. But I think they'll fight for a seven, eight spot. They'll probably have to play either the Warriors or the Rockets in the first round next year. And they're probably Mm -hmm. going to get destroyed. However, when you reflect back on the season, when it's all said and done, you're going to say, wow, we went from arguably the worst. Arguably the worst team in basketball, which the Lakers you can say are, right? Who were instantly a playoff team with just this one guy that we that we drafted and we added to our basketball team. Now and who can we get that, to get us to that point? Well, and that's the thing. Now you get the next guy that thinks, well, now now it's my team when I you know I'm assigned with the Lakers and it becomes my team now. This isn't Lonzo Ball's team no more. He only got them to the seven seed. I'm going to get them to the five seed. Well, listen, you know, hold on a second. You ain't. You take Lonzo Ball now. Take Lonzo Ball back off that team. All right. How far are you going to get them by yourself, there, big guy? Exactly. That's the problem with basketball players, though. They think that they're the one guy that can turn a franchise around. Unless you're LeBron James, you might want to get that thought out of your head right away because. It's not yeah. going to happen. Or, 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 you know, uh, the other guy from uh, Stephen Curry. I think I, I think Curry could do the same thing to a point, to a point. I, I think the better player is LeBron. I'm not blind by that because, you know, the point guard. I mean, LeBron can be the point. He can be the – LeBron, LeBron can be the uh, three, four, and five. I mean, he's just got more – of that more so than what that that is the the versatility and Cuervo that that gets me to the point I, I don't I don't even see how the Golden State I mean everybody's saying well this is the Golden State Warriors team that can beat LeBron listen LeBron is a different guy now man maybe three or four years ago you're talking about this yeah but LeBron he'll dish the ball today more so than three years ago Cuervo he wants the uh, and I will even put it out there there is a noticeable change in LeBron James that the selfishness of his play is, is I'm not going to say it's gone but I'm going to tell you right now this guy's willing to dish the ball he's not going to take the three point shot if he's got the guy wide open underneath the basketball he's more willing to dish the ball and that's the difference between LeBron James today Compared to the, even to last year, Cuervo, to that point, this guy is willing to dish the ball, and this unselfishness is going to be the reason why. And that's going to be the weird thing about me picking the LeBron James. I still hate the guy. Don't get me wrong. But this guy's changing his way that he plays the game is going to benefit his team, and that's the reason why they're going to beat the, the um the Golden State Warriors, because if they concentrate too much on LeBron, he, he's got too many other guys that can get the job done. Not saying that the that the Caval or the um, the Golden State Warriors don't have the other guys. I think the other guys on the Cavaliers are better than the other guys than they are with the Golden State Warriors. Right, and you know, I mean, if 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 LeBron would just kind of not be an egotistical jerk. Maybe I would start yeah. to respect them a little bit, but you know, but you know, players are who they are. People are who they are. 
Yeah. And to me, I think I think the key for Cleveland is going to be Kevin Love. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you already know what you're going to get from LeBron. You know what you're going to get from Kyrie Irving. Okay, so that's 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 set. You know what you're getting from those two guys. Now, if one of those guys is having a bad game, well, who's going to be the guy that that kind of steps in and and says, "Hey, look, I got you. You know, you're you it's it, you're not having a good night. I got you back." Is it going to be Kevin Love? Is it going to be Tristan Thompson? Is it going to be uh, you know? Is it going to be you know? Who's it going to be? And for to me, I think it has to be has to be Love because. This is a guy that gets paid a, a very, you know, handsome paycheck. So you better earn it, just like just like last year. I mean, last year right. Kyrie was the one that stepped up, you know. But now it's like the expectation is there with Kyrie Irving, okay? Right. And now what what has to happen this year for Cleveland to repeat? Well, to me, I think it's got to be Kevin Love on both sides of the floor, not just offensively, you know, scoring 10, you know, 15 points a game, but he's got to get on the rebound. And most importantly, he has to make sure that he does not let Draymond Green play his game. Okay. Absolutely. That to, Cuervo, that to me let's is be going to be the biggest if they, thing. If they lose Love or Kyrie Irving, guess what? This thing's over. And, that, that, and that's where Golden State will win. Golden State if they lose, if they lose Love or Irving, this thing is over. Now it will be a good finals if that ends up happening, because then we'll see it. You know, we'll see it go to six or seven games. I, you know, I, but I'm going to tell you, I think with with Irving and Love and LeBron all on playing well, I I think I. I don't know how people are looking at the Golden State Warriors and saying this is the team that can beat LeBron this year. I just maybe I don't get it, and maybe it's because I don't inspect it enough. But being an outsider looking in and keeping a little bit of interest in the NBA, not much, but a lot. But I'm right there. I, I'm sitting here thinking. By the way, you hear thunder and lightning. It's going to be amazing. But I won't lose connection because I'm on my cell phone. So and uh, but square vote. I'm going to tell you, I, I just, I, you know, w- without one of those two, and obviously if they lose LeBron, that's not going to help. They're not going to win. But losing Love or Irving, I, I just don't think they got enough over the hoop. I think that's how valuable both of these guys being on the team at the same time to win the championship. During the season, you can be without Love and Irving. They've done that, okay? But in the championship game, they have to have – they have to have all three in order to beat the Golden State Warriors. If one of them goes down, I give the edge to the Warriors. Right. It's, so. it's still going to be tough, though, Sonny. It's going to be really hard because the thing with Golden State, it's, it's, there's so much shooting on that team. That it's like mm-hmm. if you focus on one guy, you're going to forget about another one, and then when you focus on Absolutely. that guy, you're going to you're going to forget about the other guy, and it's like it's it, it, it's um it's going to be really challenging for them to be able to stop all these shooters from because even if one's not hot, you still have three more guys you can go to. Uh, 
Uh, well, at least two. I would say two more guys. Between Curry, Curry, Thompson, and Durant. I mean, all those guys can hit threes, you know, whenever they need a big shot. I mean, those, those three guys alone are are sharpshooters, and it's going to be hard yes. to contain those three. So, I don't know. It's, it's That's the challenge, though, Sonny, is going to be the perimeter defense and being and making sure that they don't let Draymond Green get in, into Kevin Love's head and distract him from – it's kind of like, you know, the Dennis Rodman factor where, where Rodman yeah, used I, to get in people's heads yeah. and take them, take them mentally out of games. Not physically, but mentally he was taking them – Taking guys like Carl Malone and and Sean Kemp out of out of games in the finals, so it was always advantage Bulls just because of that simple thing of getting in those in their head. He did it with Shaq too, so you know it's it's something that simple. Yep, it, 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 it could be that simple. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but hey, who do you have? I I I I hate to say it because I don't want them to win, but I think LeBron, I think I think the uh, I think the Cavaliers take this, and I think they'll get it in six, maybe five. Um, and the main reason because they're starting this game off at home, Cuervo. The first game's at home uh, for the Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to <clears throat> pick against Golden State with all the talent that they have. Um, you know, and it has nothing to do with I want to see LeBron lose. It's nothing. It's it's not about that. It's it's just about the fact that I just think there's way too much talent on this Warriors team to slow them down. Because again, yeah, if Durant if Durant is having an off night, um, you still have to worry about Curry. You still have to worry about Clay Thompson. So I have to worry about uh, Draymond Green. So you know, there's there's way. It's just it's a lot for a team to be able to handle. I mean, the only way you really stop them is is you play good physical defense. And right, a lot of teams, a lot of teams in the West don't do that. But you know, this is and this is why I like Cleveland last year because you know the type of defense that. Cleveland saw, or not Cleveland, but Golden State saw all year. It's very, it's kind of like Big Big Twelve football and college football. They don't really play right. a whole lot of defense. Exactly. So to me, it's kind of like the same thing. The defense in the Eastern Conference is a little more physical, and it's it's going to be a, a more of a challenge for Golden State because they're not used to playing or having to go up against that type of defense. So. Yep. I, th- I think that's an advantage for Cleveland. However, I, it doesn't take long to adjust to it. And I think that's, that's going to be the problem with, you know, Cleveland is Golden State's going to find out ways to, um, you know, get around the hard defense that, that uh, Cleveland plays. So, you know, whether it's just a little bit more ball rotation or taking it down low to guys like, Draymond Green and, and, and McGee, and I think that's that's where the difference could wind up becoming for Golden State. So I, I just I I just think based on overall talent, I'm going to give the advantage to Golden State. But in all reality, honestly, Sonny, if both teams could lose, I'd rather prefer that. 
because I can't see I do. one of them. I think you're right. I, <laughs> you're right. I think you're right. So, good stuff, NBA uh, Finals coming your way. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I, I don't care that it's the third time in a row. I, you know, it, I think, you know, the best teams got there, so I'm all right with it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up going. So what we're going to do, we're going to take our final break because if I lose electricity, I won't be able to get the break in. But we can always go until the show ends. But So that's not a problem because obviously we're on batteries and everything. So uh, we'll take that quick break. When we come back, it's time to head into the NFL where we do best here on this show. That being said, on Sunday morning, we'll be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. 
There are strategies that can help ensure that any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Oh yeah, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with the best co-host in blog talk radio history, Cuervo on a Sunday. That being said, it's time to talk some NFL, because guess what? There's some talk going on out there. There's lots of things going on. And Cuervo, when I'm looking at the NFL this year, you know, we're still living off of the draft and guys that were gotten and when, you know, you you think about what could end up happening. And and obviously, you look to the Super Bowl champions in the New England Patriots. They get Brandon Cook's wide receiver, um, a big-time thing. You know, we talk about how good the New England Patriots are, but Cuervo, they might have got that young Randy Moss guy. And what I mean, and I'm not saying that he's going to be as good as Randy Moss, but maybe the guy that could be the Randy Moss that really they wanted, Cuervo, because he's young, he's easily impressionable, and you're going to get the right impression with the right team, that being the New England Patriots, and they could get the guy that they want that could be a Randy Moss type of guy. Um, I I can see what you're saying, Sonny, as far as. Randy Moss because he was the number one target obviously on those Patriots teams or whatever. Uh, however, they're they don't compare very. They're not very similar just because really in reality the size. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a five foot ten speedy you know uh, type of receiver that you know can hit you on a deep route kind of like a Mike Wallace or a. Uh, like a Steve Smith was back in the day. That's that's who he is uh, more than he is a Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss was a was a you know six foot three guy, jump up, go get the ball. Um, yeah. You know, so that that. But where I where I do agree though is he is going to be the number one receiver, obviously. And I think obviously. I've, I, and I think he's a guy that can work well with Brady just because of how young he is, as you mentioned. I mean, he's a guy that that Brady can develop and, and, and really build a good rapport with that, that you, you need between the quarterback and their number one receiver. So, you know, he's, he's not a guy that – at least not – I don't get the feeling like Brandon Cooks is a guy that is going to question Tom Brady. I mean, why would you? I mean – only only quarterback exactly. like Super Bowl rings, but you know why would you question Tom Brady? But I don't I don't see that in Brandon Cooks. I think he's a guy that, like you said, he's young. He's still he's still a guy that that you can make an impression on, especially if you are Tom Brady. And he's still got a lot to learn about the game. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think more I think so than if Randy Moss was on the team, there'd be a lot of don't you think there'd be a lot of questioning about what's going on more so. I mean, and that's the reason why I look at it. I, I don't think – don't get me wrong. I, I don't think Randy Moss and Brandon Cook – I, I agree with you. I don't think they are. But from what they – what the Patriots wanted out of 
uh, of Randy Moss when they got him. I think they can get the guy they wanted when they grabbed up Randy Moss. I think they thought that they could change Randy Moss, get him to think differently and things like that, and they just didn't get that. Although they, they broke records and did all the things that, you know, you would want from a wide receiver. But if you look at Aquero, he still wasn't their guy. I mean, they got rid of him pretty quickly in reality, Cuervo. So it makes you kind of wonder what was going on in the mentality of the Patriots that you didn't want Randy Moss after what they did. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it lasted, I don't know, how long was he in New England? Three, four years? Three years, and that, the third year was the championship where they were trying to sweep it all, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, something like that, or... or or it was the year that he got there, the year after he got there, something like that. But yeah, um, I mean the point is, the point is, that, like you said, when he was in New England, it you know a lot of numbers were put up, records were broken. I think after a while, though, Randy kind of got the feeling like he was he was underappreciated, and for a guy of his caliber, I mean, I don't know. What would lead you to believe that you're not appreciated? I mean, you're the number one yeah. receiver. You're arguably he was the best in the game at the time. So, I mean, in reality, what, what is there? What? Why? I don't know why you would feel that way, but I kind of, I kind of had the that feeling. That's what it was about. Um, yes, and I so, agree with you. You know, you know. With that said, I mean, uh, they they. I guess it was just, you know, it was typical, typical Patriots, and they felt like it was ready. They were ready to get let a guy go. They did. And yeah. um, they didn't care how good he still was at the time. Um, you know, they, they, and, they, and they're notorious for that. They always let guys go that can still play, have, they still play at a high level. But, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't fit into what they're doing or what they want from that player and, I mean, you look at a guy like Chandler Jones, who they let go last year, who was still putting up multiple sacks in a season, mm-hmm. and they trade him to the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, a lot of times they do things that are unexplainable, but, you know, who's going to question? Well, they've been like Cuervo, because I'll be honest with you. I can't think of any guy that they ever released that went on to, to, to do great things. You know what I'm saying? Right. They grabbed up those guys. You know, and they used them, and they got them ready. I cannot think of one off the top of my head. Of course, I'm not, you know, looking at a list or anything. But I cannot think of one off the top of my head that has went from the Patriots and went off and did what they, you know, made them superstars. It's almost like they they take the every last bit of greatness that they actually had and got it out of them before they got rid of them. Because I cannot think of a guy that has gone on to a different uh, a different squad that has had so much success that the Patriots go, man, we should have never done that. You're not going to find one, Sonny. It, it, it I, I don't think yet. so. I, I think you're right. It hasn't happened yet. I, so. I, 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 I can't think of any. And if you know one, give us a call. I got the studio open. I'm looking for calls because I've been looking for Tarvin to see if he can get, get in. 347-215-7497. Name me one that the Patriots have dropped in the last five years that have gone on to be superstar status. 
I just don't think there's anybody there. I think they get the best out of them that they can until they can find someone that they think that can take that spot and they'll use them up and kick them out of the way that they've done anybody else. Which in turn, Cuervo, you know, there's something to be said about finding the actual amount of talent that they got left to get the best out of them. There's only one guy that does come to mind, Tony, that had decent success after the Patriots, but it wasn't the same type of success they had as a Patriot, if that makes sense. Real wide receiver? Uh, Yeah. Went went and played with a guy named Peyton Manning. Yeah, Wes Welker. Yeah. That's correct. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think he might be the only one. You can make the argument, though. He can make, I mean, I think his time in New England was better than it was in Denver. I mean, well, that's because he's got two same. Super Bowl rings and he's only got one now, right? Uh, with, with, uh, with, with the Broncos. I don't think he won at all with the Broncos. They went to the Super Bowl one year, but they lost. Oh, that's right. They lost. Wasn't he on the team last year and Peyton won the championship? Or was he hurt? He was not. No, he, I think he was. Uh, no, I just don't think he was on the team anymore. Got it. But he did have success there. And that just goes to show, Cuervo also, just, we're enlightening everybody today. Look at what Peyton Manning and a Guys, you know, when you look at the baddest man on the planet and Tom Brady, what they do for careers, it is so huge what they do for careers. They make them better. Because let's be honest, when you look at Wes Welker, what is he, 5'10", best? That's if he's got lifts mm-hmm. in his shoes. You're talking about a guy that doesn't, doesn't really have too much success in the NFL unless you're 6'2", six, 6'1", six, 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 or taller. And this guy's three inches taller than, or less taller than anybody, and there he is. And guess what? You're right, Cuervo. I just pulled this up. This guy never won a Super Bowl. In reality, has never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, so, I mean, that's your, that's your really – your only example that you have of a guy that left New England and had a little bit of success, but it wasn't more than what he had with the Patriots. And it, right. it took him going to another Hall of Fame quarterback to yeah. have that success. Get it done. And here, right. here it is. So, this, this is what he had. He was five-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-pro, two-time second-team, three-time NFL reception leader, NFL record 99-yard reception, um, and um, let's see here. He got an award in two-time first-time All-Big 12 when he was in college. The guy does not have a Super Bowl ring. Amazing. I thought he got one with, with – that must have been the year that they didn't get it. So, interestingly enough, he's not a Super Bowl champion. I thought yeah. he got one. By the way, also, just to let you know, and I'm just looking at it, he got a, a Wonderlick score of 30, okay, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the best that you can get, 30, I think, along with, along with Tom Brady, along with Peyton Manning, the smartest guys to play football. Um, he, what, wait, what about Les Walker? No, I, I missed what you said, Sonny. He scored a 30 on the Wonderlick, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the highest you can get on the, uh, on the Wonderlick. 
Yeah, it's like a 30, 32, something like that. Mm-hmm. Smart guy. Yeah, smart dude. And I, I along with Tom Brady, he scored great on his Wonderlick, along with uh, Peyton Manning, he scored what? Just as a show, if you're smart, I mean, literally smart, you 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 might have a career in the NFL. Now, you got to have a little bit of of uh, athletic ability, but it, it, he, he's your classic definition of a guy that was never – never that guy you talked about coming out of college. You know, I, for crying out loud, I don't even know if he was drafted in the first, second, or third round. Here it is. He was undrafted out of Texas Tech. For Christ's sake, I mean, this guy, and, but he was incredibly smart, had some athletic ability, and you get the right guys around him, look what he does. And I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I can't believe this guy's not a Super Bowl champion. I thought he got one, and I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I kind of figured that was the case because I don't remember him being, being on an actual Super Bowl winning team. He's just been on the losing teams. <laughs> He's been on two of them, so mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty unfortunate to get that close twice and not not win. I mean, again, you got guys like Jim Kelly and, and those Buffalo Bill teams that went to Florida right. and couldn't win. So, so you know, it, it, it that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles for certain guys, I guess. But um, but yeah, I mean, even Wes Welker, a lot of those records, a lot of those accomplishments that you mentioned, Sonny was with either Manning or Brady. It was really wasn't anything that he yeah. did when he was a Charger. It was nothing that he really did when he was a Dolphin. Um, everything was when he was playing with those two guys as his quarterback. So really that goes to show you that that um you know they they take whoever is put on their team and makes them better and that's why like I said, I mean nothing against what Drew Brees has done for Brandon Cooks when he was a saint, but Tom Brady's about to take him to the next level. He, I'm telling you, Sonny, he's going to be a top five receiver in the league next year, Brandon Cook. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's be and here's another interest, interesting thing about just quick on Wes Welker. He was with the Patriots from 2007 to 2012. And the amazing thing is, and that's the reason why he was with them for so long, but guess what? Did not win a championship uh, as he came in two years after the 2005 championship and left two years before they won in 2015. Yeah, there you go. Amazing you stay with stuff. Them a little bit longer. Yeah, you could add the Super Bowl ring. It's it, it is amazing. It's uh, something that's going on. I, 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 that, that's a great example of, of who's there. So, and you know, what kind of guy can make it and be the guy that makes, you know, the Super Bowl? he makes a good ton of money, but he didn't get the championship. That I mean, that's like forever. There was an interesting thing that came out that I cannot believe that the NFL is going to trust players with. Cuervo, the NFL is lighting up on their celebration, uh, flag. They're going to give the guys an opportunity to celebrate. And Cuervo, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, you know, I always thought it's no fun league. I get and I get where everybody's coming from. But I also look at these players 
and they're going to get an opportunity to go out and hang themselves in celebrations. The NFL is going to lighten up a little bit, and what's going to happen is somebody's going to take it, and somebody's definition of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate is going to overrun this. I think as much as I want to say I like the idea, as far as the players are concerned, I think we're going to see more fines. I think things are going to end up happening out on the football field in celebration that the NFL isn't going to want to see. Yeah, and, and, and you know, my take on it, Sonny, is, you know what? If the players want the opportunity to have more freedom and celebrate how they want it, fine. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. But when they mess it up and it becomes, it becomes, you know, tasteless and it's not professional and it's, you know, uh, uh, disrespectful or it's, it's just not that good in reality, yep. then they have nobody to blame themselves. And then, yep. so then when the, when the assist, when the assistant principal, Mr. Goodell takes it away from them again, yep. again, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Because he's, he's going to say, you're right, Quavo. He's going to come out and say, I gave you guys the chance to do it. And what did go. you do? You you screwed it up. You, you made the football look like it's falling out of your butt, like you're taking a crap. Or you, you did the throat slash. You did all the things that we, the reason why we stopped letting you do it. You just went right back to the reason why we instituted all the harsh rules against it. And you just proved that you could not be trusted. Right. Right. And, and. Again, I mean, there, there's very few things that I don't like, but I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of it now because I, players are I agree. Going to be scared. They're not going to be scared to to do certain things anymore. You know, like I'll give you an example. The whole uh, let me see, uh, Chad. So Chad Johnson, right? He puts on the yellow uh, uh, Hall of Fame jacket. I thought it yeah. was funny. I thought it was you know. It was a pretty clever idea. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, um, but some people took it as, "Oh, well, you're just being you're just being conceited because you think you're a Hall of Famer." No, that's nothing. That, that, to me, I didn't take it as that. But when you got the ones that, like you said, the throat slashing or, mm-hmm. or the ones that, um, you know, they, uh, I don't know. It, who the heck knows what they're going to do as far as yep. disrespect, but it's coming. And when it comes, oh, yeah. And... Oh, yeah. I don't trust them. I, <laughs> I, know, I, I know athletes and I know their mentality. And you can't trust them with this. I mean, you're giving them enough rope to go hang themselves with it, Cuervo. And by the way, just really up that you mentioned it. The Chad Johnson thing wasn't an end zone celebration. It was a sideline uh, uh, situation. And I felt it was perfect for exactly where he did it, Cuervo. And, and, that, and if the camera caught it on the sideline, that's fine. But this one right here, they are. They're giving the – and in classic vice principal, you know, ways – we gave you the opportunity to prove yourself that you could be decent about it, and you proved us that you couldn't do it. And this is just opening up the book to say, 
We as the NFL know better than any of the players, regardless how much they, they bitch and moan about it. And it'll be something small like this that will prevent any kind of NFL um, fan players association get together on vital decisions made by the NFL, more so than this little this this little thing on the side that they couldn't do, uh, you know, heck, they can't even celebrate, right? How can we keep them in responsibilities for this issue on the NFL? And they'll use this as an example to prove that the players do not have any position or any kind of pull to make decisions on how the game is played. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, if they can't follow simple rules, and then, you know, you won't be able to expand on it because, you know, it's it's they can't even follow the simple ones, so you can't really change a whole lot, I guess. Or yeah, can't really. You have to keep it basic, or as in like no celebration, period. Because you can't do it the right way. Or at least do it. keep it where it's at now, because you know they can spike the ball and stuff like that. You yeah. know, small celebrations, but right, keeping it clean. Keep, it. but you know. Everybody's definition of clean is different, and absolutely, you know, that's the problem. You know, I mean, well, I, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I did the throat slash or whatever, or yeah, I mean, it could be anything. You know, carry the ball like it's a baby or something. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think it's very funny. I, I don't see the point in it, but you're probably going to see something like that. Um, uh, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure things there's things that players have in mind already. Now that this. Oh God, out. yeah, they're choreographing it now, Cuervo. Without question, they, they got they got every they got five ahead of time. They're they're five ahead of it. They they're, they're working on it right now. See, that's what they're doing. They're keeping the players' mind off of real issues and bringing them on stupid issues that have nothing to do with the the future or what's going on. And the, the, and it just goes to show Cuervo that the end. NFL is so smart and by giving them this and, and keep I, I I hate to admit it but that's where it's at and sometimes you just gotta you gotta look at it and and, and you know give it props for what it is I mean because instead of them out being out on the street doing something else they're all gathered together in a hotel room trying to figure out what would be the best celebration I mean it, it's almost ingenious about how they got this thing going on. It is. Yeah, I mean, it, it so, really is. And, and I mean, we're only in what? We're not even in June yet, and they've already yeah. announced that they're going to they're, they're, they're gonna allow this stuff. So they've got really they did it on purpose. two full months. Yeah, yeah. they're two full months to, to get them to think about it and be like, huh, how can, you know, how can we uh, – how much time can we give these guys to think about what they want to do and then kind of let them mess it up for themselves? It's almost, it almost kind of feels like they want these players to fail on it. So that way, Absolutely. They just totally, that way they get this totally, you know, uh, uh, prohibited from being. Absolutely. Yep. We told you so. Couldn't be trusted. And, and not only that, this also could be something that's really good for them too. If their mind is on what they're going to celebrate, the less 
opportunities that players have in, in, to get in trouble in the offseason, too. You say whatever you want, that could be a good, you know, good deterrent, especially if they're all together thinking about what they can do. They're going to spend time on this, Cuervo. This is not just something they'll figure out two hours before the game. This, this thing is a whole, a whole time-consuming thing to get their mind off the crap that could get them in trouble, too. So I see both sides of this, Cuervo, because I, 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 just, I just see it a little bit differently. They're treating them like they're four years old, which is pretty much what you got to do. You give them enough rope to see what they can do with it and go with it. And here's the great thing about it. If it fails, the NFL wins. If they, if they don't fail, if it works out, guess who wins? The NFL. They're in a no-lose yeah, situation in this, Cuervo. They're, they're in good shape. Yeah, they, they win either way. So either – yeah. Either they take the celebration, they either the celebration stay, and fans are more entertained by it, and the the ratings get better. And I think that's a big reason too why, why they're writing it back in because I think I think and maybe conspiracy couch can help me on this one. I think ratings have been down this past year more than they have been in a long time, Sonny. And absolutely, and their mentality is well. What what's you know, why Why are they down? I wonder why they're down. Well, I bet maybe because it's not as entertaining as it used to be. Well, how can we be entertaining again? Oh, maybe ah. we let these guys kind of celebrate. And, and yep. you know, they want to see touchdown dances and stuff like that. So, to me, that I think that's part of why they're allowing this again. So, that way, you know, when you see, uh, you know, what's Odell Beckham Jr. going to do next for a touchdown hey. celebration? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, it's What's gonna the, be interesting. And they'll market it yeah, too, Cuervo. Uh, they'll market it big time. You watch. They'll have a weekly uh, uh, on NFL Red Zone. Not only will they have the touchdowns that you know in a row, they'll show they'll show celebrations, the uh, the best celebrations into the touchdowns. You know they'll market this 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 whole thing to make it to make it a big product that'll make them some money. And the money isn't from the marketing or showing of the celebrations. It's how many more people will actually buy tickets. And now goes to show the mentality of the fan as well. You'll go buy a ticket because of what kind of celebrations you might be able to see at the NFL. And I'm telling you right now, it will sell tickets. Because everything they touch where well, rose gold. Well, I think that's only going to work with certain teams because of certain players. So, again, obviously the New York Giants, yeah, I think ticket sales could get better because, again, you want to see Beckham Jr. and and what he's going to do for a celebration. Um, And then, you know, but you've got a team like, uh, you know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, they're a good example of a team that has celebrations of Antonio Brown. I would say okay. I'll use the, I'll use a team like the Jets for an example. Who on the Jets is going to be a, a you know has a player that you're like oh I wonder what kind of who Eric Decker like nobody's waiting for Eric Decker to celebrate a touchdown. He's not very uh-huh. exciting to watch. You know so right. I think for certain teams it'll work. For the Giants, for the Steelers, it'll work. Uh, I would say. For maybe a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, because you got you got Alshon Jeffrey there now. You've got um, 
uh, you know, um, what's the other uh, receiver that they have? I don't know. They've got a couple guys that have been known to to have certain type of stuff. I mean, I mean, look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got Deshaun Jackson now. Uh, what's yeah. he going to do mm-hmm. down there? What's he going to do with the, exactly. uh, the Buccaneers? What kind of celebration is he going to have down there? Um, so, I mean, there's, there, for certain teams, it'll work as far as ticket sales. But I think just overall, TV ratings are going to get a lot better because of the opportunity to see touchdown celebrations. And it sounds stupid. Yep. And I know people are probably thinking, like, why are you guys talking about this so much? Well, you have to really – think outside the box as to the NFL's mindset on why they're allowing it. It's not just because of the entertainment part. It's because because the ratings sucked last year. Let's be real. Absolutely. And you want to know what else it came from, Cuervo? You want to know where they got this idea from? You'll never believe it, Cuervo. They got it from the AFL, the Arena Football League. If you put in Arena Football League in celebrations, Last year, they got the fans involved with it. Who had the best celebrations in the in – the, maybe it was the IFL. It was either the Indoor Football League or the AFL. And now that I think, I think it's the IFL, the Indoor Football League. Not our league, the Champions Indoor Football League, because we, we don't allow it. But the IFL opened it up, and, and, and fans could vote on it, and it was widely popular. popular. Big time. And they picked it up from an indoor football league and seeing how much hits that they got on people watching the videos and everything else, how much they can, you know, make it in, uh, in, in clicks and stuff like that and, and things like that. There's a lot of business-oriented uh, feelings about why they're doing it more so than just giving the players an opportunity to celebrate. There's always a money issue behind everything the NFL does, and guess what? That's why it's being brought back as well. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure, Sonny. I mean, it's 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 it's. It, I mean, that's how the NFL should be treated in the NFL. It's 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 sports. It's entertainment. You know, let the suits. You know, let the suits treat it like a business. We, we yeah. as fans, we as spectators shouldn't have to think of it as a business. We should think of it as this is our escape from our, from our work week. This is our escape from, you know, the things that we, the things that uh, stress out uh, us in our everyday lives. And that's how yeah. I feel about the, not, not, it's both sports in general. It's my escape from, you know, things that I have going on at work the things that I have going on at home wherever. That, for those three and a half, well, for seven hours, really, when I watch NFL Red Zone, uh, commercial free, yeah. by the way, for those who don't know. By the way, in case um, you miss it, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I got my request I mean, to bring him on the show again, I, so I got it out there. Oh, good. I don't want to miss that, Sonny. So I, 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 have, to, I have to be there. I hope he answers. I, be there. I hope he answers, yeah, yeah, because he was great. There's, a, there's only a few interviews that I look back and go, wow, that was great. One was Titus O'Neal. Uh, wrestler, and the other way, you know, I, I, I'm gonna tell you, Scott Hansen was a great guest up on this show, and I'd like to get him back. So, all right, now, Cuervo, we got 10 minutes to go, so we're gonna do what, what I put together. Um, it, you know, a quick, quick answers to these. I got about five or six of them, so let's pop into them. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, how about 
Brandon Jacobs says that he wants to get Jim Harbaugh fired from his NFL job. Have you seen that one? Brandon Jacobs. He wants to, he wants. He vows to get Jim Harbaugh fired from Michigan. Um, What's that going to do for Michigan? Or what's that going to do for Brandon Jacobs, really? I I, want to know where this guy is coming from. I mean, he used to be in the NFL. He's no longer there. He was with Harbaugh under the 49ers. If anything, you should be thankful for him for getting him a a damn job for it. And then he sucked it up to where he had to get cut. This guy, you know, is putting it on uh, Jim Harbaugh, the reason why he couldn't make him in the NFL after he is with the 49ers. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder what he's got, what his issue is with uh, Jim Harbaugh. That's really good. Because he got him cut. Yeah, he cut him. He cut him because he sucked. And that's what, you know, it's amazing. I find, you know, how people try to get things done, you know, when you suck and then you try to blame other people for your problems and everything else. Because believe me, Jim Harbaugh, if you were any damn good, do you think Jim Harbaugh would have kept you off the football field? Hell no. He would have had you in there each and every play without any thoughts whatsoever. Unbelievable stupidity coming from him. Morris Claiborne, Cuervo. I can be a number one corner in the NFL when healthy. The question is, Morris, can you ever stay healthy? Uh, can you ever see a full 16 games a season? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys sure in the hell didn't get that from you. What do you think about Morris Claiborne saying, I can be a number one corner? Maybe on the Dallas Cowboys he could, but uh, definitely not in the NFL. And that, and that don't even take much. So, I mean, he's out of – I don't know. There's, there's nothing wrong with having some confidence in yourself, but you have to also be real with yourself. And right now, with that statement, Morse Claiborne is very unreal with himself. Hugely un- – I mean, I, I don't know where – I mean – and Morris Claiborne, and the steal term from someone else I know, is such a pedestrian corner. Now, granted, you looked at that Dallas Cowboys defense, they, they so overachieved, which is the reason why, Cuervo, I don't think the Cowboys make the playoffs. I mean, they got the best that they possibly could from that defense, which was mediocre at best, but they were able to step it up and have a good defense to have the good season that they did. Cuervo, the fact that this Cowboys team is losing defensive players right and left, that everybody's talking about them repeating doing what they did last year. But, folks, that defense definitely overachieved, and they haven't done anything to replace it as far as what I've looked at in the news. I don't know. What do you think? Mm. I'm sorry, Sonny, you broke up. Say that one more time, please. I mean, I mean, I mean the, this guy, he puts it out there and, and says what he says. I mean, you know, right. he, he's, not even, he's not even the best player on his own team, but he can be the number one. But with the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, Cuervo, they have not done anything to replace any of the, the key cogs that they had uh, from last year on the defense. This team, I, I cannot right. see with the way the defense has gone away from this team, how they can do a 12-4 a, a uh, season again. I don't see it. I see well, it at best 10 wins, and I don't even think they win the division or yeah. make the playoffs. 
Well, I think they have a chance at, at making the playoffs, but they won't win the division. And, you know, them, them going 12-4 and four last year, Sonny, was really – I don't want to say it's a fluke. I, I don't think it's a fluke. I think the Cowboys are good, but I think they, they definitely overachieved um, with Big how time. well uh, Prescott and Zeke Elliott were. Now, I think you would get the same – from Zeke Elliott again, I just don't know if Dak Prescott is going to be as good as he was his rookie year. That's the thing I'm, that I'm concerned with if I'm a Cowboys fan is do you get the same production, do you get the same outcome from Dak Prescott as you did this past year? I just don't, I just don't know if you're going to get that same type of production. Um, and so with that said, I mean, I can see 10 wins. Um, I don't think they're going to go twelve and four again. I see probably nine or ten wins. Um, I agree. So, but as far I agree. As, but as far as far as Dallas, uh, you know, with the with the whole corner situation, they didn't address it. You're right. Um, but they did address to me the most important thing that they needed, and that was a pass rusher by drafting a guy named Taco. So there you go. Absolutely, and and if they don't do something, not only that, they lost Barry Church at the safety position. That was a huge loss for him as well. Um, Barry Church, when he is healthy, could be considered top five in safety in the NFL right now. So, you know, big-time losses for this Dallas Cowboy defense, you've got to really be careful with what's going on on your football team because of what's happening, you know, on that – you know, as far as other teams grabbing up players, that's going to be there. So um, it, it's really interesting. Cuervo, let me ask you one more question. We'll get out of here with this one. Why are okay. the Cincinnati Bengals not a elite football team? What is the problem? Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it the general manager? Or is it just a screwed up mess on all four of those levels? I think... I would argue it's a little bit of coaching and it's a little bit of the players. And I think the problem that you have with the Bengals is in the, in that division in the AFC North, you have to have a kill. You have to have that killer mentality. When you look at the Raiders and the Steelers, that's why they're so successful is because they have, they have the coach, they have the players that have that killer mentality. When they smell blood, they they will finish you off, and and, and that's why the, the games between the two of them are so great, because when one knows that they have the other pinned up against the wall, and and, and they have a chance to to put a game away, they they go for it. They don't mess around. They don't get conservative, because that's you know that's not how you treat that rivalry. I mean, you have to you have to be aggressive. You have to go for that for that killer. Uh, uh, you know, touchdown or, you know, the one that puts the nail in the coffin. And, and with the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't really see that. I, I see a team that kind of, when they have a 10-point lead, they kind of let off the gas. And then before you know it, it's a tie game, and now they're struggling to find a way to win a football game. And, uh, you know, you cannot be that way. I mean, you have to have a guy like an Andy Dalton that will, you know, Stabby in the heart. Away when he has the opportunity. Yep. Yeah, stabby in the. I mean, he does not. He does not have that nail in the coffin type attitude, I and mean, it's it's more of just 
oh, we're just going to put it in cruise control. We're just kind of kind of coast because we're up by 10 points with five minutes to go in the game. Well, if, if you have a certain goal and you're on the one-yard line, don't don't run the ball. Call an audible and try and throw it up to, you know, you got a great tight end in Tyler Eifert. That's what I want to see with the Cincinnati Bengals is a team that has that killer instinct, that has that yeah. that, that nail in the coffin type attitude. And, and even if it's not Marvin Lewis, and, and you know, he's, he's the one that is the problem holding this team back, as a player, as a quarterback, you should, you know, yeah, the coach is going to probably get mad at you if you, if you audible out of the play that, that he's looking to use. But guess what? Guess what? At the same time, you, you score a touchdown and, and, and that guarantees you a win. I think he's going to be okay with, uh, with you not, you know, audibling out of a play. That being said, let's go into the last one now. We'll take us into overtime. you got to listen to all three to get us into overtime. The Minnesota Vikings. Their biggest problem, they're talking about they need a kick returner more so than a running back. Cuervo, they got to get their heads out of their behind. This, this, I, I, I cannot believe I'm hearing this as far as a deep concern for the Minnesota Vikings after they lose Adrian Peterson. Well, they drafted a, a running back in Dalvin Cook out of Florida State, which now I have to, as a Bears fan, deal with him twice a year. Thank you, Minnesota. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of – it does make sense in a way because a kick returner, punt returner, what they do for you is they, they give you the field position that you need to score points. Well, I mean – They have lacked in that big time. They're, they're, they're number 30 out of 32 in kick returns this year, last year, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I saw the stat. And, and, and that does. It, it does kill you. But I'm wondering also, you know, that's the kick returns. What about it? I mean, I'm wondering if that stat included punts as well. Well, I think, I think it's more geared towards just average, average field position. And if, if there was a way to look that up, I bet you the Minnesota Vikings are probably one of the worst and that's that as well. And I think that's yeah. why they made the comment that, that they need a kick returner more so than they need a running back. But I think at the same time, I think that was a, uh, I think that was a shot at Adrian Peterson, too, if you really I, think that, about that's it. What you, man, and, folks, we do not get online before we talk about I mean, we just find out what time we're going to do it. That's exactly where I was steering that. I thought it was a shot. A huge shot that you grabbed up a rook, out, you know, in the draft, which is great, which is what they should have done. But to, to throw the fact that now we're not worried about the running back position, you know, we got that covered. We don't have AP, but we got a rookie running back. I think it was a shot to say, hey, we didn't need him. I think it was their last little if uh, to this guy. Well, and when and if the Minnesota Vikings meet the Saints, it's going to be great. Great storylines to talk about. Well, Sonny, the, another thing too, in case you, in case you didn't know or in case you forgot, they also added Latavius Murray from the Raiders. So yes. they're pretty set at the, uh, you know, they were pretty set at the running back position. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I first of all, I did forget about that, and you're absolutely right. Um. So by the way, and guess what? Guess what week number one is. For this football team. Oh, Martha, I think this is a preseason game. 
the New Orleans Saints take on the Vikings. Uh, September 11th. Wait a second. That's week week number one of the NFL. Oh, how great is the how great is the NFL? I'm telling you right now. Sometimes sometimes they just do it so well. It's almost like they knew. It's almost like they knew. It's almost like they knew. Well, you know, it's like me. I I know about all the trades in my league, and I know about all the the signings and releases before them, maybe they knew something way above it, but that is, that is week number one of the NFL. That is going to be outrageous. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And week number one, we'll have that talk the whole week. And we'll be doing it too. We'll do it on Sunday. We'll talk about that. That's going to be a big, big thing. Um, But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun week one to talk about. I love it. The NFL is doing exactly what they what they're good at, Cuervo. They are setting up the season to get people interested and things like that, and they they are the masters at it. There's nobody better. I hate them too, um, but sometimes you can't deny the talent. Um, and when you deny the talent, you look foolish. And hey, listen, the NFL has a stranglehold up on the 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 public, and it doesn't matter if they have the league of denial coming out. You know, and is telling everybody, and this is the key thing here, Cuervo. The NFL has convinced mothers all over this country that football is not dangerous for your brain, okay? And they have done it, Cuervo, and they've done it with style, and they will continue doing it as long as they can have that snowball effect that the NFL and football is not hazardous to your mental health. And right now they got a stranglehold on it because we're not hearing mothers or women losing their mind enough about it. And when they do, Cuervo, it will change the game. If there's anybody in the NFL that can change the way the NFL does it, it's women. And women make changes in the NFL more so than men in their ideas. And it's, it's just true. It's, it's documented. It is, and, you know, I mean, because, you know, it's like the saying goes, you know, happy wife, happy life, and always, mm-hmm. when it comes to kids, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always about, well, is mom good with it? Is mom okay mm-hmm. with me playing football? Is mom okay with me, you know, getting my brain rattled out on the football yep. field? I mean, if mom's not good with it, then it's probably not a good idea for for the kid or for the husband to allow it, so... <laughs> You know, with that said, I mean, that's why, you know, that's why women, uh, I don't want to say rule the world, but they, they influence a lot of what what men do in, in their you know, lives or kids growing up doing their lives, you know, because, you know, it's they want to make mom proud, so. Well, let's do one more before we're out of here, because I, I've, right. I've struggled. I've struggled with this one, Cuervo. I've struggled with, obviously, since we're talking about concussions and what can. Do you find yourself almost feeling guilty for loving and watching football the way that we do? I know I do, so I'll put it out on the table. I almost feel guilty for loving the sport the way it is because of what is happening out on the football field to these guys. The part I feel guilty about, Sonny, is the fact that I used to enjoy uh, the big hits so much that I, that I always – like if I didn't see one in a game, I was disappointed. Yeah. And now it's, it's the total opposite for me. It's like I hope – 
I hope that I don't see a dangerous hit. Now, I still like a good, clean hit. You know, when, when, um, you know, when, when a guy like, uh, you know, JJ Watt hits a guy like, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers and (laughs) puts, puts him, puts him down and he's not getting up for a minute. As long as it's a good, clean hit, I'm like, that's what football is all about right there. You know, nice, you know, good hits, good, clean football like that right there. Um, you know, but but when you got these guys that are that are the headhunters, as they say in the league, um, those guys I I don't I have no respect for. All right, right. And don't don't give me this. Don't give me this. Well, I I've been doing it this way since I was twelve. Well, I'm not falling for that part of the either. I'm right there with you because guess what? You know how many videos there are out on how to properly tackle a football player? There are millions of them. Sonny, it does not take a video to tell a grown professional football player how to tackle. It does not take some some sixth grade, you know, version of a, of a football tackling video. You sure? to show them they don't need that. They don't. You sure that you, you're they, giving them an awful lot no, of credit, Cuervo. I'm telling you. <laughs> these, these these guys these guys know how to tackle properly, Sonny. They just choose to not do it. That's and we have heard players say that, haven't we, Cuervo? And, and case in point, uh, sons. It says, I, I know how to tackle, but until something drastically changes, I'm going to do it. The same thing, I don't care. And we have heard that. You're absolutely right, Cuervo. Right. So, to me, I think the videos are useless. Those guys yeah. probably don't even pay attention to them anyways. They're probably fingering through their Twitter accounts as the video's playing or they're, they're taking pictures on Instagram or whatever. They're not paying attention to those videos, Sonny. They're taking naps. They're eating popcorn. They're on their yeah. they're on their phone. They're, they're not out. paying attention to those. Yeah, I mean, what a joke. These guys know how to tackle the right way. They just don't want to do it because, you know, they don't like a certain guy or they feel like, or or you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I hate to say it, and I I know this is gonna open up another can of worms, but. There's probably there's probably bounties that still go on in the league that nobody oh. knows about. Oh, oh, I'm not I'm not so naive to believe that I didn't believe it happened the first week after it was over or after it was accused. It was always out there. It will always be out there. I don't believe that targeting is not a part of the game because it is. Maybe on the high school level, I don't think it is. Um, the college level, I believe it's there. I, I, believe me, I, I believe that's where it starts. I think it, it starts on the college level. You've got too many uh, boosters out there saying, hey, you take this guy out, we'll give you. I, I believe in my heart of hearts that it starts on the college level. I don't think it is in the, in the high school level. I, I don't think anyway. And I'm coming from an area that it's about. It's about high school football, but it's not that far off. I think it's. I think the the show Friday Night Lights has changed how uh, certain programs and certain ISDs have changed the way the the promotion of football has changed, even though it's still popular. But I don't think I think they learn it that portion of it in college, Cuervo. I really do. 
I think they do too, Sonny. And, you know, I mean, I think, but I think when, it, 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 as far as college football is concerned, I think it goes on during bowl season. I don't know if it really goes on during a regular season or maybe even it probably starts like during conference championship games. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Exactly. I don't I, think, I'm I don't right there with you. The big thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a big thing during the regular season, unless it's like a, a, a number two Last versus three weeks three of the game, or yeah, or like say Michigan versus Ohio State. You might, yes. you might make, you could make the argument that there's something to be said about certain guys in those games, but you know when it's like you know Vanderbilt against Alabama, I really don't think there's much of a bounty in that game. So, I get you. Um, yep, I'm right there with you. You know, you know what I mean. The value of the game or the importance of the game will institute whether or not it gets instituted, whether or not they'll they'll actually go out and do it. If it's if it's for to get in the final, let me tell you something. If there's a team on the outside looking to get into the top four of the now, I'm telling you right now, everybody's got it, an extra incentive to make sure a player doesn't walk off the football field. Sure. I, I, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. I, I can almost guarantee there was a bounty on Deshaun Watson in the national championship game last year. Oh, I, I think I'm with you. I promise you. I can promise you that. And there was probably one for, um, let's think. Let me think. Who did, uh, who did oh, say Clemson played Ohio State. Alabama played, oh, who the hell was it last year in their bowl game? Uh, Washington, there you go. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if John, I mean, John Ross wasn't the, the name that he is now, but I'm sure in that Bama, that Bama Ohio State game, I'm sure Ohio State, they knew of him. you know, you know, probably had something for, for Watson and, you know, I would say the same thing for Bama. I don't know. I, I, that's, that's the feeling that I get. You know, since we're on the subject of bounties, it probably does happen. I think I think you have a, a point there, Sonny. Well, and and you can go back to that that game uh, where where Alabama that they they may have missed two targeting uh, targeting plays in that game. Um, I remember. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, um, but but um, even that that was one of those things I'm wondering about as we move on. You know, you know, in that bowl game, there were two of them that were, you know, that one scene. That's I, I might go with you, Claire. Both. I, I think I think we've got that figured out. I don't think I, I and, and it's because I've okay, I've I've been there at the high school level. I know what goes on there. At least in the program that I watch and the ISD that I watch, it's intolerable and it won't happen. Now, are there some probably outside of my ISD that still are uh, encouraging on it? Yes, but I think the mentality with as, as with especially with what could end up happening and concussions and injuries and things of that sort for high schools that I don't see that as much as a deal. But you're right; I think it comes in to the college. I think it plays a big part in what ends up happening um, out on the football field. It's been it, it's it's definitely interesting, Cuervo. So. You know, hey, we knocked out three hours, and I'm, I, I stay on late because sometimes you come in late, and I usually cover my uh, my CIF there for a little bit for my locals because of what we got going on uh, in the show uh, with the local listeners. So uh, that being said, 
I think uh, we are all set and ready to go. Uh, we're out of here. We did the last prayer vote. Uh, not next week, but the week after that, we'll be up on there, my friend, okay? All righty, Sonny. Sounds good. Enjoy your uh, rest of your day. Uh, and uh, have Memorial Day to you. So have a good one. Def- definitely. Same right back at you as you do what you do for our country. We're de- very much appreciative. Everybody have yourself a great Sunday and a great holiday weekend. We will see you next, well, in two weeks on Sunday. But this week, inside the CIF, as we move into the playoff positioning in Champions Indoor Football. We're out of here, everybody. Bye-bye.